This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. And we're back. It's the opening kickoff. Thanks for hanging with us. It is Tuesday morning. Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios of WNSP. Welcome in. You know how it works. 694-1055. And, of course, always get us in the app at WNSP.com. Another list of headlines to tackle today, Mr. Shervanian. Bet you had a long day yesterday, huh? It wasn't, uh, I guess, it wasn't It wasn't six too hours, long. Six I, I, hours of Mark on the air? Wow. Yeah, it might have been longer for other people than it was for me. I used the word bet to lead into this segment. There's an, another uh, gambling story coming out of Iowa, but, I, but before we get to that, on the lighter side, there's a story out there regarding Colorado's uh, football team and the uh, the spokesperson for bet MGM says that Colorado right now has the sixth highest bet total to win the national championship <laughs> it's a funny story the way it's worded but and obviously it's it's done with a, a kind of a an attitude about it like do people actually know what they're doing but that colorado right now uh the bets that are coming into that sports book at bet mgm the sixth highest total uh over eight percent people betting on colorado to win it all how what what drives people to place a bet like that they've got more than 50 that hint the transfer portal so you're not betting on the team more than you're betting on Dion, right? I mean, you're exactly. just betting on Dion regardless of what kind of talent well, he has. Well, the odds are so big that if you act, if Colorado did win, you're going to be very wealthy. Uh, people just have money. You know how that is. I'm not a better. It's hard for me to put myself in that position. I really can't. I can't wrap my head around it because I don't bet. I don't really, I, I never have. But there's a large segment, obviously, that does. And getting to the betting story now, of course, you know about Alabama. And Brad Bohannon. Okay, so yesterday the story comes out that Iowa and Iowa State athletes are being investigated for online betting. The story out of Iowa, University of Iowa, that 26 athletes across five sports, including football, men's basketball, are being investigated. And then it went on to say there's uh, they, it was brought to their attention over 100 uh, students, but not all of them athletes uh, with this online betting. And then at Iowa State, uh, they're also looking into uh, a number of athletes that were suspiciously betting. Now, they haven't stopped any wagering like they did in, uh, with the sports books on that Alabama LSU game. They're not, they're not stopping bets on Iowa. But I think it started with a baseball game, of all things, a college baseball game. Iowa and Ohio State, I believe it was last weekend, Mark, where a few players were benched by Iowa or suspended, and then the Gaming Commission looked into this, and this is how it all started up again through a college baseball game. But they didn't stop betting on Iowa baseball games, and Iowa's got a really good record in baseball this year. But now, you know, I'm really – I thought when the Alabama story broke, I was thinking, is this something that's going to just snowball and we're going to see other – because, you know, online betting, anybody can do it. 
And I, that's what I think now. We're, it wouldn't be surprised if we see one a week, two a week. Well, the uh, the idea that so we talked about the process and how these security firms uh, realize or find out there's some suspicious or abnormalities in betting trends. I was told that uh, security firms like the ones we were talking about earlier. They probably get a red flag once every other day, anywhere from 15 to 18 uh, red flags a month. So on that surface, considering the number of bets that are placed across this nation, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. But in other in in, in other terms, it's it's once every other day they're they're red flagging somebody. So when you talk about it in that in that perspective, it sounds like it happens a lot more than it doesn't. We just don't hear a whole lot about it. So we also learned that there's not a whole lot of betting going on in college baseball. So now I'm wondering, what's the percentage of college baseball bets that aren't on the up and up? Because it sounds like maybe it happens a little bit more than we're, we're, I, we're, we like to hear. You know, this doesn't surprise me at all, Mark. I could just see students in their room. Nothing better to do than go online betting. And it doesn't have to be on college baseball. It could be on any sport. Uh, the, the latest is that Iowa, as I said, 26 athletes, five sports have been uh, – basically being investigated for uh, violating NCAA rules by, by uh, gambling. And then Iowa State, they're, they're looking at 15 athletes across three different sports. And, and it doesn't surprise me at all that these kids late, late at night, you know, just go on there and start betting on things. It doesn't have to be necessarily on the sport they're in, but on any sport or anything that's going on. Betting, betting can take many different avenues. You know, I, I bet that person will be the first person to walk across campus or something like that. That I don't know if that would be considered illegal, but the NCAA does have strict rules. They're obviously looking into this. They haven't stopped this uh, betting in the state of Iowa, even though so many athletes have been accused of doing this. But now you've got two major universities in that state that have come under the uh, watchful eye of the Gaming Commission and the state and now the NCAA. Well, it should be fun to watch. Um, Who's next? Yeah. who? I guess, I guess the question would be who hasn't had athletes in their athletic department uh, betting. But, yeah, it looks like this is a trend. But, again, like we talked about, uh, is, is this the, the beginning of the end of co collegiate athletics as we know it? Or is it a sign that the system works? Are we seeing that the system is actually doing what it's supposed to do and these are rare rare instances in, in, in college athletics betting? I guess, I guess we're going to find out. There's a uh, We're kind of wondering what's going to happen with, I think right now he's the winningest active coach in college basketball. He was right up there with Cliff Ellis, Bob Huggins, longtime coach, 38 years, over, well over 800 wins, was on a Cincinnati talk show yesterday and uttered an anti-gay slur, which has really got him into hot water. Obviously, you have national media out there calling for his resignation. Nothing has happened yet. Uh, Bob Huggins did apologize and said, look, I'll accept anything that comes my way. Now, you got to understand, too, this is what's interesting with West Virginia. He's kind of an icon in that state. He's like a legend. He's, he's I'd say, right a notch below Jerry West. He played basketball there, big-time players, coached for 38 years, longtime coach at West Virginia, I think, since 06 or 07. However, in this climate, you got to wonder what's going to happen now. And I would suspect that 
a decision sooner would have to come sooner than later, Mark, on, on Bob Huggins. Uh, and then you start r- racking your mind. Well, why, why is he? Why do you, you know the question was basically asked about it when he coaches Cincinnati to talk about the Xavier fans, and he went off on that. And then it got to a point where he said something he shouldn't have said, and so now because of that, his career may be in jeopardy. And this was just a regular radio just show. Just a regular right? radio so that would show. Be like us having a coach on and all yes. of a sudden calling people Catholic F words. Right. Just dropping the F word in the middle of your radio broadcast. I guess it's one thing to drop that during a podcast where the rules are a little bit loosey goosey. But even let's forget about the context in which you use the word. Just using the word in and of itself on a radio broadcast just seems so outlandish and so out of touch. It's baffling to me. Mark, um, just the other day we saw, what was it, a baseball announcer, was it? Or uh, a radio announcer in Oakland get suspended for a, uh, a slur. I think it was on uh, – I, I don't even remember now, but he got suspended. So at, at, at the very least, and, and we've seen in the past where uh, – if I, the name comes to mind, Brenneman, the longtime announcer for Fox, and I don't even think – I don't even know if he's back on the air. This was, what, a year or two ago? He got suspended for saying something off the air. He thought his mic was off the air during a break, during a Cincinnati Reds game. So – you know, for me to come on here and say you got to be careful, but let's face it, everybody out there knows what's going on. That one slip of the tongue, and it could cost you. So the Oakland broadcaster uh, is an athletics broadcaster. Um, apparently, he used uh, he butchered a word and used the N word. Yeah, he's been like announcing since the '90s. Not that anybody listens to Oakland A games, but somebody must have. Yeah, so that didn't go real well. So Huggins right now. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to laugh. It's just these stories just. Uh, they mount. They mount. And you've got to be extremely careful. And it, and another thing, too, is, and I've seen this, too. I remember, you know, years ago, you know, I, I didn't realize during breaks, you know, how you, you'll talk to your cohort or somebody near you and you a slip of the tongue and people hear that, even though. You think your microphone is off. So how many times would the uh, producer, engineer, somebody was actually listening, not like Nick would have, but somebody was actually listening to my broadcast (laughs) would say, Lee, do you realize what you're saying is being heard? Luckily, I never said anything that would get me into hot water. I don't that cuss. time. No, I didn't. I never did. Never cussed or, you know, announcers. You know, you you, you think you're off the air during a break, a commercial break. Oh, that. You know, like that. No, uh, I never did that. Uh, But many big-time announcers have gotten into trouble because of that. Let me tell you something, boys and girls. If we were to hypothetically leave the mics open during our breaks, me and Lee, you would be so bored. You would be so bored. It would be so – it would be the reverse. It would be the anti-Bob Huggins. You would be so bored and be like, dude, what are, you, what are y'all talking about? It is not real exciting here at, during the breaks. If, if we left the uh, mics unmuted in here, though. Ooh, now you're break, talking. People would be getting filled in on all the latest uh, movies and TV shows. and. But that's not going to get you suspended. Nah. I don't know. I've heard Mark say some pretty uh, nasty things. That's right. Well, I haven't. Oh, yeah. He did? 
I've been trying to get this guy to watch Planet of the Apes for like months Seriously. now. You ever have to watch you him hear out with the derogatory terms? Of stuff? I've never heard you say anything. I've never even heard you cuss. Did anybody actually ever have really? No, have, has anybody <laughs> has anybody ever actually had to wash out their mouth? Like physically? Like did your parents really ever make you wash your mouth out with soap and water? I hear that expression all the time. I know. Do I do hear to that me before? Did you did you like have to bite on a bar of soap or something? I think it was dish soap, like Dawn. Yeah, like liquid. Like soap. someone just squirted that stuff right yeah, in there. Yeah, basically. Mm. I you know I could see that with him. The human bubble maker he, over he, there. He seems like a real. He seemed like a real wise guy. You know, real wise guy coming through the ranks maybe high school. We, maybe we need to get his dad on the phone again. Maybe his dad will be listening and share some shed some light oh, on that. Should we no, give that, a question out and get him who, to call? Uh, committed should that crime. Should we g- give a question and get his dad to call? So wait, your mom, your mom should be charged with a crime. Is that what you're saying? I mean, <laughs> in my eyes, it was a crime, forcing me to have soap in my mouth and then using her fingers as like a toothbrush to make it all suds up and bubble up in my mouth. That was for using bad language, or just because you didn't brush? I don't your remember teeth. what the crime get the toothbrush I committed we don't was. Have any, mom, get the dawn. <laughs> I just remember that. I remember it happened to my brother a few to- few times more than me. Wait, there's another Wiggins? Yeah. Whoa. We'll have to get Nick's brother on. What's his name? <laughs> you don't want that, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. What's what's uh what's what what's older or younger? Um, older in age, younger in spirit. So he's more immature than you. Yeah. Wow. Much more. <laughs> we should get him on, Lee. What do you think? Sure. I'm, op- I'm open right, game for let's that. See, let's yeah. see if we can book uh, Little Nicky. <laughs> <laughs> little Nicky? <laughs> All right. Uh, we got a lot to get to Nick, today. If he's older, it's Big Nicky, isn't it? Yeah, but he's uh, he's uh, more immature. Well, that's that's Nick's assessment. How do You got to get the other guy, to, to be honest about it. What's his name? Evan. Evan. Yeah, you got to g- Evan and Nick. Evan Almighty. Get the other side. All right, so uh, we're going to break. We're going to mute the mics and talk about what we really want to talk about around here. When we come back, scoreboard traffic and weather. I think Lee's got a little Chick-fil-A early this morning. Uh, We'll talk to the Bayshore Christian coach, Bill Lazenby, about 6.30. Travis Ryer at 7. Um, Chris Domino on the uh, Braves at 7.30. Justin Ferguson on Auburn and Orlando Alzagari at 8.30. Stay with us. We're just getting started right here on a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. This is T.J. Mosley, inside linebacker, and you listen to the Sports Station, WNSP 105.5. Lonnie Walker, 15, fourth quarter points, steal there, coast to coast layup, comes off the screen on a baseline out of bounds and knocks it out, and then a pull up over Curry. 624, welcome back in. The opening kickoff just getting started here on a Tuesday. Mark Lee, Nick, and Triple G. Would you do me the favor, since our Triple G is uh, down to 1G today, uh, the Chick-fil-A theme, so we can do the Chick-fil-A? Could Normally you, I would, but that was, a little, that was a little Warren G right there, a little Regulate. I kind of like that song, but right. okay. Chick-fil-A. Just so people will know. Go ahead. I could eat you seven times a day. How about that? You're doing good. Keep it up. Keep it up. I don't even know. All right. That doesn't matter. That's, that's a good. Okay. Here we go. Chick-fil-A. 
All right. Uh, the Miami Thanks Heat, as the eighth seed, as I mentioned, in the scoreboard, they've won seven, seven games. That's tied. They're the fourth team as an eighth seed to win seven or more playoff games. Which team has won the most? Name the NBA team that is an eighth seed, has the most victories in any one season postseason. If you know the answer, 694-1055. All right. Uh, a little trick play early in the morning for you guys. Jordan Poole hasn't had a, a, a very good series, by the way. How about Steph going triple-double and losing? Um, but Jordan Poole, did you see the story, by the way, of him and and – and the media trying to interview him. Did y'all see this? I have in not the seen locker room? Jordan Poole. Why would they want to interview him? Because he's been terrible. But if he's non-relevant, usually they go after somebody like Curry or Thompson or Steve Kerr or even Green. Green's a very popular guy with the media. I can't imagine why you waste your time. Unless, unless nobody was around Poole. Well, they tried to interview Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole did not turn around to talk to the media. He basically talked with his back toward them. It was just a really awkward situation. And he's not been good. Yeah, what what, what about how Jordan Poole has become unplayable and then next year is going to be the start of his $30 million per year, four-year deal? Not Not looking good for Golden State. I mean, what do you what do you do with that? Trade him. <laughs> what, what, what for what? Who would take him? Oh, there's always a team out there will take somebody. Heck, we even see Westbrook was picked up when nobody supposedly wanted uh, uh, him. Don't get him on his. No, but I mean, at the time, who that was the, the the narrative. Nobody wanted him. Nobody would take him. Who would take him in that contract? Well, yeah, somebody but Westbrook did. was on a one year deal. This guy is about to begin a four year deal. It's, you can't really buy that out. Actually, who was it? Someone had suggested that they trade him. Who was it? Steve Kerr? No. <laughs> I think it was a— uh, Draymond? No, it was a former guy, uh, a former Golden State guy. Who? Was, oh, Gilbert Arenas. He kind of laid into him on his, uh, on his podcast or some sort of live stream he was doing. He's become very and, and, popular now. And said now. They, should, they should trade him for someone they could rely on. Yikes. Gilbert He's Arenas not reliable. has become, I, I've heard him on the Dan Patrick show. I think I've heard him on other shows. And I'll have to go back, and, I, and my memory lapses, but I don't remember him being so glib when he was playing. He was kind of a troublemaker, wasn't he? Uh, Anybody with a gun in the locker room or whatever? What? Yeah, but he had game, though. <laughs> and game recognized game. Uh, all is forgiven. All is forgiven if you uh, if you got if you bring a little game with you. Did we get a Chick Fil A winner? My guess is we did not. No, we did. Actually. We did. Yeah, the '99 Knicks. Was that correct? Was that correct, Lee? That's what it said on my sheet. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have a we like wouldn't a name have had a winner. Or? We would not have had a winner had Mark not sung the yeah, Chick Fil A. Th thing. Thank you so much. Thank for that. you. Sometimes uh, you really come bailed us out. Yeah. Really put a Lonnie Walker there. Yeah, it we weren't was, expecting it, but we needed it. It was the Knicks in 99. I think they won 12 that year. I'm taking uh, request dedications throughout the course of the day. Stay How with about us. LeBron about to go uh, get another ring? That's pretty nice, right? 
Up 3-1 on Golden State. Huh? People? The king? boys and girls thanks for hanging with us the opening kickoff here on this tuesday uh, a reminder due to our success friday on the hardwood uh there are certain people in this area that are required to vote for us for the nappies we can't require you to do so but we encourage you to do so if you feel that we are worthy of such a vote go to vote votenappies.com right now if you voted for lonnie walker as uh, a big time laker his moment of fame yesterday we that audio clip was supposed to have captured that basket that put them ahead. He came off the bench and scored 15 points. The uh, first Laker to have that kind of fourth quarter than the late Kobe Bryant. And the Lakers now leading three games to one. The Heat leading three games to one. And the other story is Jokic will play tonight for Denver. He Boo. was fined $25,000. all of you. I don't know if the Suns owner will be in attendance at Denver. Oh, I'm sure he will be. Okay. All right, let's talk some football now. You know, we, we got these uh, spring games coming up. Uh, later on this week, Mark, we're going to talk with the LaFleur uh, football coach. In fact, their stadium, uh, the dedication tomorrow, the new stadium. Vigers gets it tomorrow, the dedication. Davidson on Thursday. Many spring games. But the news that really was gratifying for me was to see our good friend Phil Lazenby is back coaching and Phil's on the line with us right now. Phil, good morning. How are you today? I am doing just fine. Thank you. Well, I'm glad your retirement is over with. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last long, but uh, I'm uh, very fortunate to have uh, you know, gotten this opportunity. Yeah, tell us how it came about. Bayshore Christian has announced they're starting a football program, and who better than to throw the program into the hands of a Hall of Fame coach, Phil Lazenby. How did all this come about? Well, uh, pretty pretty soon, uh, just a few days after, I think the the word got out that I was no longer, you know, going to be at, at Bayside Academy. Um, Jeff Haig, who is the AD at Bayshore, uh, gave me a call and just asked me if I would be interested and in that if I would if he would could take me to lunch and just talk to me. So I did, and you know, I had a few other offers, but this was very intriguing and. You know about starting putting your stamp on a program and and um, you know getting it started and so uh, you know I went to the school met with the you know the principal the headmaster uh, some of the other uh, teachers there and uh, some of the students and they're just nice people nice school and um, it's close to home and so you know I figured uh, this is the place for me and. And since then, everybody has been so nice to us, my wife and I, and so I think we made the right decision. What's the timetable for actually fielding a team? Well, it's kind of up in the air right now. If we could, I mean, this is a big if, but if we could, you know, we would try to play maybe some middle school and JV games this year. Not many, you know, just a few, you know, two or three on each side of middle school and two or three uh, JV games, and then 2024, 
you know, because we're already in the Alabama High School Athletic Association, it's not going to be a difficult uh, transition. And so um, we will probably go full bore in uh, 2024. So you're, you're hoping then to get a team together to play a couple of games next year. Did you, I say next fall, did you get an indication as to how many youngster or student athletes there might want to come out and play some football? No, I know they've done very well in baseball. Also, they've done very well in some of the other sports. But I, how big is their student enrollment to begin with? Their, their enrollment, and I can tell you exactly what it is, is 44 children per class. That's what they've got it uh, right now. And they're probably not going to go any bigger than, uh, too much bigger than that. They, they, they really don't want to get to, you know, a huge size. Um, but they do compete very well, in, you know, at the level right now. Baseball is competing in two, at 2A. Two they also won state championships not only in baseball but in volleyball and in cross country and have done really well in wrestling. So, uh, you know, they've got some kids that know how to compete. And, um, you know, I, I think I think, I think think it's possible to get enough kids that, that want to play football because that's that's why Jeff Haig, who's the AD, uh, you know, came to me because they had interest from the, from the, uh, the students. So when would you actually start training or uh, uh, start going through uh, drills to get ready? Uh, did not well, this – well, this summer, we've already got the practice days. You know, it, basically, it's in the weight room, <laughs> weight room, and on the on the track right now. I mean, because they've got we've got to get in what they call football shape. And uh, you know, in in the summer, it's tough. You know, these kids ha- don't have a, a I mean a, a a football. I mean, a program that that goes on in that time of the year, and it's, it's difficult because of the heat. So. Um, you know, they're going to have to get used to that. Uh, so we will start in the weight room, and then we'll take some time. And probably if we get those games, if we're lucky enough to get those games uh, or fortunate enough to get those games this year, we will start them probably, you know, we'll push the season back if we're only going to play a couple of games, push it back until the end of September. That will give us more time to get ready. Have you hired a staff yet, or will you? I have got a, a couple of – now, I know this sounds kind of crazy, but, um, you know, Jeff Haig is one of the top baseball coaches around, and but he's also, you know, he's also coached football when he was at Fairhope. Uh, and I don't want to overload him, you know, with anything, but I told him, I said, if there's one person at this school that I would love to have on my staff, it would be you. And it's because of the stature, the statue that you have, you know, at the school. Everybody loves Coach Hay, and that would be a plus. And then there's, you know, I've got a few feelers out, and and if we go and get started a couple, you know, I've got a couple of names in mind. Hey, Phil, without rehashing or getting into, uh, let's say, uh, name-calling or anything like that, Mm -hmm. my understanding, you weren't ready to retire at Bayside, were you? That that was my understanding, reading this. Well, you're you're right. You know, I wasn't ready to retire, um, but you know, everybody, you know, everybody's got their own way of doing things, and everybody's got their how they want things done. And um, I, I just think that they wanted, you know, to go with somebody younger, and um, you know, geez, that's a prerogative. 
you know, I, I, it took me a, you know, a couple of weeks to, you know, finally wrap it around my, my head. But, uh, you know, that's the way it works. I mean, I've seen a lot of people, you know, get whatever, not forced out, but, you know, um, I guess that's the way. When you when you think you've lost, you know, the support of your, uh, you know, administration, um, you know, you don't. I, I didn't want to fight it. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna go and fire me, fire me. You know, you just let me see you go ahead and fire me. You know, I wasn't gonna do that. <laughs> and you know, besides, Bayside had been good to me, and I enjoyed the kids and enjoyed uh, teaching and coaching there. So I don't have anything bad to say about them. Maybe in a few years, a couple of years, Bayshore Christian versus Bayside, perhaps, maybe? I don't know. You know, uh, it would be a natural rivalry. You know, it's kind of like St. Michael's has become, you know, a big rival. We're only probably about four miles away from each other. So it's, uh, you know, it's it would be it would be a rival game, but I wouldn't expect us to be able to compete right now in next year or even the next year, but it'll take, you know, two or three years before these kids, I believe, are going to be uh, to the point where they can compete with a program, you know, established program now like, like Bayside Academy. So glad you're back, Phil. Really am. We'll be in touch. Well, I, Thanks for joining well, me. You've always been so supportive, and I appreciate it. Phil Asenby is the coach of Bayshore Christian School. All right, so coming up, uh, we're going to do some uh, Alabama talk with Travis Ryer at 7 o'clock. Um, we'll have some JAG tickets to give away. Chris Domino talks some Braves in hour number two. Hour number three will be Auburn with Justin Ferguson and Orlando Alzagari right there on the uh, sports station. So a good one lined up for you guys. You guys want to get in, you can at 694-1055. And it's up in the app, WNSP.com as well. Uh, there seems to be some pictures floating around the app that claim to be uh, Nick's brother. We didn't know that Nick has a brother, Evan. Evan, if you're listening, we want to hear from you, sir. Older brother. We want to hear what little Nick was all like when he was a kid. I was a good kid. Well, that's not a lot of fun. I fell off, though. I peaked in fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those are the glory days? Fifth yeah. grade? Student council president. Where did it all go wrong? Kickball MVP. Really? Yeah. No doubt for your offense, not for your defense. Uh, I don't know. Actually, crazy story, kind of random. So, in fifth grade, we had a teacher versus students kickball game, right? Ooh, those are always the good ones. And you know me, I'm real confident, arrogant at times. So, you know, all the kids, they start rooting for the teachers, right? You know, they're sucking up to the teachers. Like, really? Let's go teachers, you know? But I'm like, nah, I'm repping fifth grade right. hard, okay? So, a kid kicks the ball, right? And th this guy that's pi pitching it, Mr. Goodwin, I don't even know. I don't know what he's up to now, if he's still with us. I don't know. Yeah. But so, the kickball just line drives right into his chest, and he drops to the ground. And I think he starts having, like, a medical emergency. I'm in fifth grade. I don't really understand what's going on. I'm thinking he just, like, can't handle the heat. So, I start, like, taunting him and, like... <laughs> And going crazy, and I'm like, you can't handle it, you can't handle it. And then I got in trouble and sent to the office uh, for that. Because you killed Mr. Goodwin? <laughs> no, I, I didn't kick the ball. Oh. I just was watching it, and 
trying Who to pump up my team. Who cheers for the teachers in that situation, though? You never cheer for the teachers. What is teachers no, for students? That's what I was thinking, but all the kids, you know, they... I guess they wanted to be did you little teacher's pets. Lee, did you ever do, like, a teacher versus student, like, competitive game at the end of the year or something? If we did, I just don't remember. It was so long ago. I, I'm with you, though. Normally... The students cheered for the students. Right, this was a chance to get at the teachers. We had we had what we called uh, uh, what would they call it back then, where the students put on skits and things like that. Talent show. That would be a good term for it, and they really went hard after the teachers. Oh, like they made fun of them. Uh, they even went further than that. Uh, in fact, wow. cost they cost uh, my Spanish teacher her marriage. I think, if I recall, <laughs> Whoa! They, they went they went below what you would call making fun of them. Yeah, there were there were times when they in in the skit we had some real cut ups uh, back in those so days. So they just joked and insinuated that maybe there was some. Uh... There was a relationship going on between. Two teachers. Let's put it that caramba. way. Yeah, and they ex- <laughs> and, and of course the teachers there with her husband, and that didn't lead to good things. Wow. So I got one teacher Damn. dead at kickball, and I got another one whose marriage was equally dead. Y'all are some y'all are some Look, crazy. Mr. Goodwin kids. went I was on not to, to teach at many all. years after that. I was not involved in this in at all. Two thousand six. He was fine. Nothing. Nothing happened. Y'all just renamed the. Uh, it was the uh, Mr. Goodwin Memorial Tournament. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all crazy. Y'all some crazy kids. You guys. Look, man. See, and I think now, like, because everyone was so pro teachers in that game, I had to become super fifth grade fanatic. And I think now, like, as an adult, some of those qualities still linger inside of me because when everyone starts hating on Russell Westbrook, I have to be the Russell Westbrook crazy fanatic to defend him. So I think I'm seeing, like, how my past has built up uh, to who I am today. So you're you're counter-mainstream because you were – because of your fifth-grade kickball experience. I think. <laughs> Do you really believe the stuff you say? I think Dr. Phil's on line one for, for Nick I believe here. I think he needs a little couch time. I never have uttered a word that I do not believe on this show. I think you just did. I think by saying you don't believe every, I think you, I think you just by saying you believe every word you utter on this show, is in direct contrast to the fact that you actually don't believe every word you said on the show. What What if I said that I don't believe? You just said that you believe every word you said on the show. I think that's a flat out lie. I believe it all. Well, just because you say it convincingly doesn't make it true. See, and this is this is what happens. People put me in this box, and then I have to become crazy to try and convince them. Somebody get Evan Wiggins on the phone. We need to <laughs> we need we need to figure out where where it all went wrong for little Nick here. Uh, when we come back, um, we're gonna talk to David Green, and then uh, Travis Ryer at seven o'clock. Continue with the comments in the app at WNSP.com. If you can find uh, Evan w- uh, Wiggins, please let us know. Tell him we're looking for him. How much older is he than you? Uh, like two years. You have to think about it every time I ask you, bro. It sounds like you guys are very close. The older I get, the harder it is to keep up with um, my age and years and things. 
I think after like 21, I just was like, it's all downhill. I'll wait till 30, <laughs> and then we'll really stop counting. All right, we're going to wrap up hour number one next, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Phil Steele, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5. Tuesday edition. Thanks for hanging with us. Mark Lee, Triple G, in the studios of WNSP. Let's talk to uh, David Green with the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm. David, good morning. Welcome to the opening kickoff. How are you this morning? Uh, doing well. Good morning, fellows. You've got a big event coming up this Thursday. I'm going to let you talk about it. Uh, banquet and uh, your role in that? Well, that's exactly right. We're so excited. This is the, I guess, the third annual Green and Phillips uh, Scholarship Banquet, uh, where we're awarding five outstanding young men and women uh, from the Mobile and surrounding area scholarships of $2,000 each. So there'll be five, so $10,000 we're giving away. Um, Caleb Sutton from Alberta High School, uh, Alyssa Messick of Saraland High School, Madison Hunter of Davidson High School, Kalia Beverly from LaFleur, and Victoria Waters from UMS Wright. So we're very excited about these young men and women who have qualified and won the scholarships uh, that Green and Phillips offers each year. Where's the uh, banquet? It's going to be at Moe's, Moe's downtown. All right. Well, that's fantastic, Dave. I know we've talked about, you know, people uh, getting their resumes in and things like that, and it comes to fruition this coming Thursday night. Uh, before we let you go, of course, uh, how can our uh, listeners or anybody who wants any kind of information involving legalities and things like that get in touch with you or Will or anybody else there? It's very simple. Uh, you go to greenphillips.com, or you can come by 51 North Florida Street here in Midtown Mobile or downtown Birmingham, the Forbes building, and uh, you can stop in any time. You never need an appointment in Green and Phillips. One more thing real quick, though. Today I'm participating in the second annual Joey Jones Charity Golf Tournament at Kiva Dunes. What an outstanding event. Joey's done a great job since he left South Alabama, and we're proud of Joey for what he's done and what he's doing for local charities and raising money. I got to be honest, I didn't know you played golf. I've talked I to don't. you. I'm I terrible. So what are you terrible. So what are you going to do? Are you driving the refreshment truck? What are you doing? Or a cart? <laughs> what are you doing today? I'll, I'll probably follow Thomas Thornycroft, one of our attorneys, around and you know, carry his bag or caddy or something. I'll, I'll, I'll hack at it, but I'm not much of a golfer. Wow. <laughs> you told me something I didn't know about, Joey Jones having that event. That's terrific. Thanks, David. I really appreciate it. Good luck today. Have a good time. All right. Yeah, take care. Take hopefully, care, guys. Hopefully Bye-bye. it will not rain like it's been raining on that St. Paul's, uh, on the St. Paul's game and so forth. We're not, Mark, they started this tournament, what, last Friday? They're and still it, working to get it still in. Still working to get it in. It's incredible. <laughs> it's got to be and, so frustrating. Oh, and Andy, I mean, that's the fourth time now they've had to try to get the field ready to play against Demopolis. And you know, many of the many of the teams that are still left are in the next round starting tomorrow. Here's St. Paul's and Demopolis still trying to figure this out. St. Paul's won yesterday. They got to the second inning of Game 3 after St. Paul's extended it by winning. And then the uh, rains came and lightning and 
90 minutes later, they called it. So for sure. Uh, I do want to mention about uh, Dr. Christopher Mullenix. If you have any needs, oral or facial surgery, jaw surgery, anything like that, I suggest you give his office a call at 471-3381. And look, I know there's others around who probably do very, very well. It's just that my experiences with Dr. Christopher Mullenix led me to uh, recommend him and his associates. Uh, everything that I've gone through there with the uh, seven, eight dental implants has uh, come to fruition. It's been very, very good as far as uh, in and out and not having pain the next day or discomfort. You know, he was with us last Friday, Mark, and he mentioned with graduation about uh, usually that uh, means that he gets a bigger influx, let's say, of, of, of kids needing or people needing uh, wisdom teeth out. And yesterday I, I found out my granddaughter, although she doesn't live here, same thing. Apparently when school's out, graduation, things like that, next step, wisdom teeth come out. So they do that too. They specialize in everything and anything to do with jaw surgery. Give them a call, 471-3381 at 715 downtown or Boulevard. You know, it's that time of year where I start bringing out the news of the weird, kind of do it at the end of the show. But this one, this one I thought was real special. So it happened right over in New Orleans, by the way. Do you see where uh, there was an attempted bank robbery? First of all, I've never understood why people try to rob banks. I've, when was the last time you've ever heard anybody successfully rob a bank or a bank get robbed where they could not find the perpetrator? Like, it never happens. So I don't understand why people continue to try to do this. But here's the best part. This woman, Kathy Lynn Hamilton— Entered a bank in New Orleans last Friday. Went up to the teller with a note. Your bank is being robbed. Put money in a bag or people are going to get hurt. They gave her the money, like $500 cash. Oh, that's she, it? She walked out. She was an escorted back into the building by security who caught her because she was traveling, and I'm not lying, by walker. <laughs> she w she was she had a walker with her. <laughs> Not exactly the efficient getaway we're looking for in a situation like throw this, them right? Throw the off the trail, though, right? So here's the best part: this is not the first time she's tried to rob a bank. Back in 2014, she was arrested for robbing another bank in New Orleans. This time, using the note simply "Put money in bag now." Simple, straight, to the point. So in that case, the teller refused. And this woman was caught trying to flee the scene on bicycle. You got to love and admire the tenacity and perseverance. Could you see this woman trying to get away? Like, could you see security? Ma'am, like ignoring her, like going and find that second gear with the walker. <laughs> Like, the walker's going to throw everybody off. At least she used a different note. I feel like she could have got away if she would have approached Did it Did she better. get jail time for the bicycle uh, robbery? Do you know? Uh, hard to say. A judge ordered her to be evaluated in prison for possible substance abuse and physical or mental health issues. I'd say that's about par for the course. Not a bad idea. Travis Ryers next, right here on the Sports Station. Stay with us. Oh, my God.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Seven oh four, hour number two. The opening kickoff, hour one, just flew by as we uh, tackled some topics, sports and non-sports related, and here we are. Yeah, I think that was nice of you to give some information on what not to do if you're going to rob a bank. Yeah, I'm just saying. When was the last time anybody's heard of a success, a successful attempt at uh, at robbing a bank? I mean, at this point, you have a better chance of getting away with. Betting on college baseball. Oh, that's happened, too. Yeah. That's happening, too, See, apparently. That's, that's a segue. Very See how I did that? Yeah, speaking of that, before we get Travis Ryer, Iowa State <laughs> and Iowa, uh, athletes at both schools now being investigated for gambling online. However, the uh, Iowa Racing and Gaming Commission, how many times have we certainly getting more into this Racing and Gaming Commission stuff has not stopped taking bets on Hawkeyes baseball. Of course, we know what happened uh, last week at Alabama. To that, we'll bring in Travis Ryer from Bama Online and 24-7. Travis, welcome to the show. Good morning. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. So as a follow-up to Brad Bohannon being fired, let go, uh, Coach Jackson takes over. Has has there been any new developments in this case, or, or is, it, is it leading to anything? Are there going to be uh, NCAA sanctions or anything like that on the Alabama program? Yeah, we're still waiting to have some of those blanks filled in. It's been radio silence, as you might expect, from the Brad Bohannon side of things. So uh, still a lot to sort through and figure out as as far as the big picture ramifications of this situation. What we know for now is that this is a resilient bunch of players to you know, come off of that news earlier in the day last Thursday and go on to take two or three from a top five team. And Vanderbilt says a lot about the, the veteran makeup of that club and uh, you know some of those guys that they obviously are leaning on and um, you know helping them get to a point where they're still – very much in the discussion for NCAA regional play, which is kind of lost in all this. You would, you would think Alabama was one of the six and eighteen teams uh, that are in this league, like the last two national champions from the SEC. Mississippi and Mississippi State are both six and eighteen, but Alabama at eleven and thirteen in the league. Um, I'm sure what's being preached right now by the interim staff is uh, control what you can control and. You know, that's a trip to Texas A&M coming up this weekend and then a home series against Ole Miss before Hoover. So let me ask you this as it relates to college baseball, though. If a press conference doesn't have any press at it, is it indeed a press conference? Yeah, you know, I mean, that's uh, that's a tough one. Yeah, that's that's just sort of a – that's just sort of a – I don't know what you would call that, but no, uh, it would seem to require the actual presence of, uh, is it one member of the media that would be enough, or do you have yeah. that multiples? Yeah, it gets a little interesting there. Travis, let me ask you something. With all the scattered reports that came out, and I, I want to get your clarification or an understanding of this. Did it? Did they say, or did some of the reports actually come out and say that Brad Bohannon, the former coach, actually 
bet on his team to lose? You know, I, 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 that hasn't been that I've seen anyway. There hasn't been anything um, definitive on that. There's been the report, I believe, from ESPN that, you know, he did have a conversation or it's believed that he had a conversation or an interaction with an individual in Cincinnati who then placed uh, or included Alabama in a wager uh, that was placed at the Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. Uh, and then you based the timeline of some things that happened uh, allegedly after that conversation or that interaction, such as a starting pitcher for that Friday night game at LSU being scratched. Um, and it kind of, you know, played into to everything that's happened since. So, okay, and again, trying to get clarification. So from your understanding that they had the conversation, but was the bet put down by this other party who I, th- and I'm, I'm assuming they knew each other, but I don't know that for a fact, just for the sake of that other individual, or was it also placed on behalf of the uh, coach? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know for sure if, if Brad was, um, you know, I mean, if you, if you, if you connect dots, it's not a great leap to suspect that that could have been the case. But as far as do I know that with 100% certainty, I do not. Yeah, and I know that, look, I know reports have been sketchy, and I don't know if there's going to be any more details coming out. I know the university has said the, you know, it's an ongoing, and they're not commenting. And, of course, you know, it takes the NCAA for years to finalize an investigation. So, I, I, and I guess, what, are they allowed, are, are people allowed to bet on Alabama games anymore? Not that that many were doing it, that I understand. I mean, have you ever heard of anybody betting on Alabama baseball? I really hadn't. You know, that was maybe the biggest surprise to come from all of this. But, um, you know, as we talk about, it's, uh, you know, there, there, there are plenty of people out there that uh, that, that will bet on anything. And uh, uh, even if it seems like, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't be all that wise, which in most instances I don't think it probably is. But um, certainly if you have a, a conduit to a staff or, a team, um, you know, as far as just pertinent information uh, that maybe isn't outside the the privacy of a clubhouse or hasn't been out there as of yet, but will be in the very near future, um, you know, that that helps you, I would think, a good bit. Yeah, and and what I found interesting, too, it's like LSU is like, what, number one in the nation, right? So do you really need any added information if, if in fact, and again, I don't know how odds are in baseball. I've never even looked into it. But would you need that much more information if you're going to bet? And I'm not talking about Bohannon now, about the other individual. If you were going to bet, you know, straight up and let's say take, uh, you know, LSU based on their record. Although you never know, the LSU lost two out of three to Auburn this weekend. So, yeah, things can backfire on you. Yeah, and you're talking about a large wager you know, because LSU already was such a favorite in that game. You know, to really capitalize on it and and you know uh, bring back a, a you know an amount that that was sizable, you were going to have to commit a, a large amount, which apparently was the case. So, uh, yeah, I mean LSU in that game with arguably the top pitcher also in all of college baseball on the mound, you would have liked its chances regardless of who Alabama ran out there. But, um, you know, the, the circumstances around this thing 
apparently uh, with what was able to be uh, corroborated uh, made it uh, even more suspicious, I guess. You know, you've been around this Alabama program for a long, long time, and you're about as, let's say, as accurate as anybody. Have you ever seen this, the, the, the university what, with what's happened lately, the, the incident in Tuscaloosa, the shooting incident, of course this, and then you had the uh, compliance officer, uh, I don't. I don't know what his status is yeah. now. I haven't seen anything like that. But uh, what do you make of all this? It's it's bizarre, surreal, astonishing. No, I haven't seen anything like it. I mean, just on the the heels of the Jamia Harris death alone, um, you know that that puts you in a a place that that just very very few situations can speak to and then you had the circumstances uh, that have preceded that as you outlined and uh, just from the baseball perspective over the last month because you also had the lawsuit announcement involving Brad Bohannon and the former Alabama player and again I give a lot of credit to Alabama's players because in both those instances they went out on the field and won two of three against Auburn uh, in the wake of that first announcement about the lawsuit. And then they go and win two of three. And they've won three of their last four SEC series. So, again, you know, this if I, if I outline the events off the field for Alabama baseball in the last month uh, and, and asked you for probably a four-week stretch of what you would have expected from a record perspective – uh, it probably would have been more of a spiraling effect that you would think would be going on right now for Alabama baseball, and, and that's not the case. Travis Ryers, our guest here on WNSP. Let me throw you a football-related question uh, because, believe it or not, it's been a year since the uh, Nick Saban comments about Jimbo Fisher and buying players. Seems like forever ago. So as it turns out, yesterday Jimbo Fisher was at a at an event and a fan – asked him to please beat Nick Saban's posterior. Yeah, he used a little bit more colorful language than that. Fisher replied, I'm with you on that. We should have the, We should have had them a year ago. We will. I'm sleeping well right now, I promise you. Rivalry alive and, alive and well? Yeah, I mean, it's talking season, right? Yeah. We're about to have the, the SEC spring meeting coming up in Destin, and before you know it, it'll be – Media days in Nashville, so why not? It's that time of year. If you're going to talk, it's the time of year to do it. And I mean, Brian Kelly's very confident right now, too, uh, as we've heard in the last week or so. These coaches are making the rounds on the speaking circuit, and, you know, it's fun. It's what we need this time of year to kind of get us through uh, the upcoming dog days, which seem to grow shorter and shorter. each and every year. Yep. I love the rubber chicken circuit. It ought to be part of the football year-round seasons, right? We do uh, recruiting. We have football. We have spring football. We have rubber chicken circuit. It's great stuff. How can people continue to follow your cards of all things Alabama, Travis? Just go to BamaOnline.com or Alabama.247sports.com. Either way, it'll get you done. Have a great week as always, sir. We appreciate the time. Thanks, guys. All right, so on the news of the uh, the woman in New Orleans stealing or trying to rob a bank with a you know she was equipped with a walker tried to uh, tried to get away it did not go well. Somebody in the app said that recently a woman tried to steal a bird from a local pet shop here in Mobile. Has anybody heard of this? Did this? Yeah, B and B. Yeah, this was a thing. I saw that. How does one try to steal a bird? Well, I I saw that it was like a, a thousand dollar bird. So huh. it's a valuable bird, right? 
Um, but according to the app, someone just kind of like this woman just kind of put it under her shirt and tried to walk out. I guess. I mean, doesn't the bird like do it squawk or freak out in such an enclosed area? Maybe I don't chloroformed know. it. <laughs> Lee, do you have any experience in this? Absolutely none. I've never had okay. a bird in our house. Well, with chloroform, <laughs> I'm not talking about a bird. I'm just saying, wow. But here's my thing. With my luck, I would try to steal a thousand dollar bird, and the thing would get away as soon as I left the door. I, I left the store. Fly like away. it just fly away, and everybody loses except See, the bird. I, I think domesticated birds, they like. I don't think they have the ability to fly away. They don't. They don't get in touch with their. I mean, think anytime you've ever seen somebody with a pet bird, it's in a cage. There's no room to fly. It's not like they let it out and like, hey, I'm going to go fly my bird for a little bit and like put a leash on it. Well, that doesn't mean a bird wouldn't fly if it had the opportunity. Like if you took that domesticated bird out of the cage. Yeah, but so you're now walking around with it on your finger or whatever, like a parrot or whatever. And yeah, I think that's it wouldn't what it just does. fly away. I don't I don't think I mean, I, I, would, I would I would like to believe that if a bird did have the ability to fly away like that, we wouldn't just be keeping them in in a tiny cage or that it would be no more normal to go out and fly your bird for a little bit I and bring it back. I think that's why we put it in a cage though so it won't fly away. Yeah, but if how long does a bird live? 20 years? It's a I have no idea. You spend 20 years in a tiny cage that's like the size of your body, you're not going to be able to fly. You don't think they get in touch with their inner bird and like, it, like if we lock over? you in like a in a closet. I've been locked in this box for for like a long time lock, now. If we locked you in a closet for twenty years, you would not be able to run if I opened that door. Uh, Unless you were doing like squats up in there the whole time or something. Apparently, she put it in her purse and walked out. Hell no, they can still fly. It's a domesticated bird. It knows where the food is in the app. Someone said the wings are clipped. That would be problematic. And some say fifty years for some parrots, not twenty. All right. So yeah, maybe don't own a bird then. I think that's kind of what I'm coming or to. Or don't try to steal one. Yeah, don't steal a bird. Don't rob banks. No, actually, rob banks. I find it amusing when people get caught stealing, uh, trying to st rob from banks. I remember first time I watched Ocean's Eleven, I was like, I think I could pull that off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Forget the banks. We're hitting the casinos. Look, all you got to do is just get an inside guy in, maybe six months before the highs, get them working there, give you the inside knowledge. Yeah. All right, well, if we see Nick on the news, we'll know why. <laughs> he either tried to rob a bank or steal a bird. Stay with us. Uh, we'll visit with Dave McCrary, LC Motorcars next. Chris Domino uh, on the Braves at 730. Justin Ferguson on Auburn at 8. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, this is Ladarius Owens, former Auburn football player and current CFL player. You're listening to WNSP. The opening kickoff continues on WNSP, and it's time to highlight the cars of the week with David McCrary at LCM Motorcars in Theodore. That's right, LCM Motorcars, lcmmotorcars.com. The number one place to shop for quality pre-owned vehicles right there in Theodore. 
LCM Motorcars has remained a fixture in the community since 2002. Under the ownership of David McCurry, helped drivers from all over the area find their dream cars. Mobile, Pascagoula, Biloxi, Hattiesburg, they come from all over. And whether you're a new customer, you've been shopping with them for years, you'll always be treated like family at LCM Motorcars. In fact, they do a straightforward, no-nonsense approach to business that continue to bring customers back time and time again. Uh, for multiple vehicles. They have a great selection on the uh, lot. In fact, go to lcmotorcars.com and you can check out their inventory uh, today. They have literally over 60 right now, anywhere from Audi, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, GMC, Honda, Infiniti, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mercedes, Nissan, Toyota, Volkswagen, you name it, they got it. And you know what? If they don't, they'll find it for you. Uh, go by and see David McCrary and the fine folks at LCM Motorcars, 5711 Highway 90 in Theodore. That's 5711 Highway 90 in Theodore. They open at 8 a.m. Uh, or you can give them a call, 375-0068. That's 375-0068. LCM Motorcars, lcmmotorcars.com. Go check it out, man. They got everything you need over there. And, uh, of course, tell them you heard about it right here on WNSP. I just uh, was reading where Joe Cap, uh, one-time uh, NFL quarterback who took Minnesota to the Super Bowl, passed away at the age of 85. He went through seven touchdown passes in a game, and he's the only quarterback ever to play in the Super Bowl, the Rose Bowl, and the Canadian Football League's Grey Cup. Uh, Joe Cap <laughs> passed away at the age of 85. Okay. Very good. Coming up. Uh, I think you're going to have a chance at some South Alabama baseball tickets next. We'll also talk to Chris Domino on the Braves. Justin Ferguson, 8 o'clock. Orlando Alzagari at 8.30. Uh, you guys can jump in on the news of the weird, which actually, we got a couple of them out here. We had this woman try to rob a bank. She tried to get away with her walker. As you would expect, it didn't go well. But apparently someone here locally tried to steal a bird from a local pet shop. That didn't go well. I'm assuming it didn't go well for the lady. The bird was unharmed in the... Uh, yeah, I, I think, I believe the bird was returned. Do you think the bird was in on it, trying to escape? Maybe, like, every time she'd walk by, I'd, like, say, like, Get me out of here! Get me out of here! <laughs> Through the back door! Through the... Whoa, pause. All right. Yeah, who knows what the bird was uh, yeah. watching to, to learn that phrase. Yeah. It's like an Iron Man. <laughs> I want my bird. He wants his bird. Someone get him his bird. Chris Domino's next. Stay with us. Look at them Jaguars. Look at them Jaguars. Love the way they play that game. Look at them Jaguars scoring them home runs. Sunbelt's gonna be their fame. South Alabama. How is it on the same day? Well, this was from the 70s, right? Clearly. This was a song in the 70s or early 80s? 80s. Really? It's got a 70s feel to it. Well, right, I just feel like we hit different decades on, on, a, on a Tuesday show with the South Alabama song and then the L.A. Law theme. Yeah, I first came into contact with it. I think it was in the 80s. I, w I didn't get here until 1980, and I don't remember being out there uh, 
and then I'm trying to remember, I knew it a long time ago, who actually wrote this, sang it, did a really good job, and we used it a lot on the air, but I think it's 80s. Hmm. All right. Um, question for four tickets for the Jags opener against Coastal Carolina Friday night. Four, uh, three-game series, opening up these four tickets. Very simply, just call Nick and tell him who's leading South Alabama in batting average these days. Uh, for you fans who have been out there, you know pretty much uh, who the top hitters are. So if you know the answer, 694-1055, tell them who the leading hitter is. Let's talk baseball now uh, with uh, my good friend Chris Domino from 680 The Fan who covers the Braves pre-post and all that. Chris, how are you today? Doing well, guys. How are you guys this Good. morning? Good. Uh, the Braves open up a series with the Boston Red Sox, one of the hottest teams going these days. Braves are yeah. doing quite well, too. I think they're tied for their all-time best start. Normally, Atlanta gets off to slow starts. What's mm -hmm. what's the deal this year? What do, what do you see that has happened that uh, despite losing Swanson at shortstop and this and that and injuries to their starting rotation and uh, all kinds of uh, things that have gone wrong, that this team is off to its tied its best mark, getting off the mark? Yeah, for this team at its best, you know, people look at run differential. I'm a bigger believer in close and late, seventh, eighth, ninth inning. You know, do you score when you need to? Does a one-run lead turn into a three-run lead? Or do you come back and win a game from behind? Where there's been a little bit of inconsistency on the mound other than the five who are supposed to be the starters for this team, and I'm sure we're going to talk about one or two of those guys coming up in a second because they're not here and might not be available for a little bit of a stretch. I don't know, 15-3 and three on the road is the number that certainly jumps out at you. That's a ridiculous number. 15-3 and three on the road coming out of spring training when you spent seven months away, excuse me, seven weeks away, and all of a sudden you were on the road 18 times in the first six weeks of the season. 15-3 and three is every bit as impressive as Tampa Bay's 13-0 and 0 to start the season, in my opinion. Thank goodness uh, the last two days here against Baltimore, they pushed it to 9-8 and eight at home. So those are the splits. It's the road thing that has absolutely put them in a position they're in to have the lead that they have in the National League East. Yeah, that was the other thing I was going to get to. They, you would think that the record at home would be far better than the road record. That's really puzzling. Yeah, and I don't know, look, again, small-ish sample sizes, uh, but I think I've talked to, uh, about it with you guys. If you give me a team that finishes two games in the playoffs or two games out, you give me not run differential, but you give me the advanced standings. Let me see how you did in one-run games. Let me see how you did in extra inning games. Let me see how you did against lefty starters. But really, let me see how you did at home and road. Did you miss out because you didn't take care of your business at home? Did you have to scramble on the road at the end of the year to get your record to the point, numbers-wise, where you had enough wins, 90, 91, 92, whatever it would have taken to get in? I'll give you a reason why you did or did not get into the postseason. 15-3, and three, it's more road wins than anybody in baseball, by the way, uh, and that will serve you well. Now, can you keep that up? No. Is it great to have those wins in the bank? Absolutely. As you get ready, it's a strange stretch, too. I don't think they've ever done this. They're playing 14 straight games against the American League, and I would have been out of my mind crazy screaming about the idea had the DH not become universal. Because back in the day when you were playing interleague games, your, your team was built, your roster was built differently than American League rosters. It was the dumbest thing that baseball's ever done. And baseball's done dumb stuff. 
at least now you're playing with a quote-unquote level playing field. 14 games in a row against the American League three, four, five years ago would have absolutely driven me bananas as we went to see the matchups that each manager was going to put out. Do you like this new schedule, though, instead of 19 games against teams in your own division? I do. You're playing all these American League games? I do. I, look, I think it's better for the game. Uh, I'm not a big believer in trying to square peg round hole people's idea about the game. I'm done trying to tell people how good the game is. If you like it because it's shorter now, if you like it because there's more balls in play, if you like it because guys are stealing bases, um, if you like the phantom runners, whatever it is you might like, that's fine. I think you need to do something a little less organically by letting people see other teams, letting them see other players. This guy over there might actually be on your team in two years. Why don't we get to know him a little bit? And I think it's good for the national coverage as well, because while it's not interleague play the way that it was, oh, look, this is this is pretty, pretty incredible that we do this now. We're past that. Everybody knows that baseball does it. But I think from a TV point of view, you can get some interesting matchups. And remember, there's no college funnel system. There's no college football. There's not, not even college basketball. We don't know these guys. So if you see somebody from Milwaukee coming to your building in your own league, but you don't know who it is, get to know them a little bit. If you see, finally, Mike Trout come into your building, that should be celebrated. So I, I kind of like the idea that you're going to get around Robin. Now, look, the idea that you play everybody doesn't make it a level playing field. How healthy you are, how healthy they are when you play them, that's going to matter every bit as much as who you play because it's a, it's a long season. You know, do I see the top end of a rotation or do I see a back end? You don't control that. But I do like the idea. I thought 19 was a little bit much. It felt a little tedious by the end of the season to be playing the team that many times. Should Brave fans be more concerned about the Phillies or the Mets catching up to them? Uh, good question. Philadelphia's got problems on the mound, so do the Mets. I think Steve Cohen, I think Dombrowski will want to do something. I, see, I think Steve Cohen can do something if they have to fix it at the trade deadline, i.e. Take on, take on contract, take on money. It's interesting that if you look at the Mets lineup every day for a $300 million payroll, it's not overly impressive. When you consider $86 million of that in Scherzer and Verlander was on the side watching, that's kind of crazy. Now, can they throw good money after bad money? Sure, Cohen will probably do that. Philadelphia, not as much. I do think that it's going to come down to the Mets will have a better opportunity to hang around or be competitive. I like all three teams a little bit. I just don't like them to the tune of 101 wins. And, and remember this. I don't know. Maybe if you get to the postseason and Verlander being down for some and Scherzer being down for some might serve them well in late September or October. Uh, that's the thing that gets a little bit tricky. If you get a better version of those guys in a short series, you might have a harder time beating them than you normally would have if you look at the totality of 162. I think all three stick around, but I don't think they really challenge for the division the way that we thought they were going to, but I do think there's playoff spots that could be had because the Central, quite honestly, stinks, fellas. I mean, the Central stinks. They went through a stretch. The National League Central went through a stretch where they were 1-19. 1-19, and that was a lone Cubs win. So I, I think if you're a National League East team, if you're a National League West team, I think you like the idea that only one from the Central can end up going. Chris Domino joining us, uh, 680 The Fan, covering the Braves pre-post. And anything else, Braves? A couple of quick notes I want to get your take. Yep. Should they keep Azuna? Uh, I was willing to say get rid of him. He's a one-trick pony. He's a seven-hole hitter. It's sort of old-school DH. 
He can run into a home run. Asked today, what does he have to do? I'd like to see a single. I'd like to see a double. He did hustle on the base pass, and I can't believe I'm patting a guy on the back for that. But he knows that he has no margin of error to not be that, to not look like he's into it. I saw him take early BP Saturday, so I think there's a try there. Uh, I know he can run into a home run. Because of the record, I'm more willing to say, let's see if there's any sustainability out of this. But i got to tell you, if you're going to ask me with Travis Darnell coming back, who do I want to DH, Sean Murphy, Travis Darnell, or Marcelo Zuna? Marcelo Zuna finishes third. He's the show horse in that race until he proves that he could actually do things other than run into home runs. Wanted to see if you. He's here. He's here for a little bit. The the numbers thing is going to be interesting to see if he actually is, if he bided his time to actually garner himself more time to be here. I don't know if you agree with me on this, but in the batting order, I would rather see just about anybody else. And the one I'm thinking about is Harris batting second. Instead of Olsen, for this reason, Acuna gets on, single, gets to second on stolen base, and Olsen never gets him to third. Either strikes out, maybe hits a home run, but yeah. more times than not, I think he has struck out a third of the times that he's batted this year. I'd put him mm-hmm. down a little bit lower and put somebody who slaps the ball around like Harris trying to get Acuna to third. Yeah, look, the home runs have been long, and it's really interesting to watch Matt Olsen. His swing is so pretty. But I still think he might actually lead all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts. So I agree with you in that regard. The feast or famine of a two-hole hitter is not necessarily what I want. Uh, look, this is the first year that I'm willing to concede that I understand Ronald Acuna being a leadoff hitter. He'll end up, and I would guess, don't know now if somebody wants to look, I would imagine he has more plate appearances than anybody in baseball because his team scores enough runs to get him the fifth at bat. This version of him with the stolen bases, I'm okay with leading off. I wasn't for the last couple of years. I wouldn't have been until I saw what I saw this year. But I do agree with you. The the Olsen swings and misses have become a little bit of, now we're standing there with a man on second and one out instead of a guy being on third half the time, 40% of the time, 35% of the time. And, and I would agree that from a numbers point of view, let's maybe get somebody up there who's going to put the ball in play more often. Do you think they get Soroka back? Uh, I'm hoping. Um I do think he pitches this year. I do think from a numbers point of view, it's, look, Kyle Wright, I don't know what's going to happen. I know what my theory is. My theory is once he's able to go, I'm going to start it off like it's spring training. I'm not, he is not coming back to be a pitcher. He's coming back to start his spring training, the one that he missed. I'm literally doing one inning, two innings, two innings, four innings, and I'm finding out what I get out of him because two times with a shoulder, in a short amount of time is not good. The Max Fried one now is the real big story. There was no news yesterday, which is kind of good. You don't want to hear news on an off day. The darn own news was good. They're going to activate him. I'm more nervous about Max Fried than other people around here. And it's not just because I had a bad outing, but because they're saying, yeah, he's not going to start Wednesday and he's not going to start Friday. Well, I know what that means. I'm at a 7.5 out of 10 worrying about this thing because that sounds like there's something. Whether they want to tell you what something is, whether they're still figuring out what something is, that's not good news because I think Max Reed might not actually, I hate to say it, he might not be as healthy as he was going into that game the other day. And that was a terrible outing for him, and he knew it. Wow, that that leaves you with Strider, Morton, and Elder pretty much, right? Y- yes, yes. And then, you know, what are you going to do with the back end? Schuster, Dodd, there's a couple other things you might want to do. It certainly would be Michael Soroka's time if you thought he was capable and ready. Uh, no Kyle Muller. Obviously, they they traded him to Oakland. So 
one or two of the other guys that would have been options a couple of years ago are physically not here anymore. So I, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping it's just a, we're going to delay, we're going to hold him back. Kyle Wright, I don't think we're going to see for a little bit. And I think Max Fried, unfortunately, again, this is just me thinking out loud. When you don't say specifically, I'm not a big fan of, you know, Travis Darno was supposed to be gone for seven days. That that wasn't. Rusty Iglesias, who, by the way, looked nasty this weekend, was supposed to pick up throwing in seven days. We didn't hear anything about him for 37 days. So I don't buy into what they tell me. I just think this one's a little bit strange that they're not saying anything. Hey, good stuff, Chris. Always enjoy talking with you. You have a good day, and we'll check in soon, all right? Thank you. Look forward to it. Chris Tolino, 680, the fan on the Atlanta Braves. Concerns there, obviously, with starting pitching. So, hey, did we get a winner? Indeed, we did. We did? Good, good, good. Give away the four tickets to Friday's game, Coastal Carolina. Uh, The answer was Will Turner. I don't know who won. Bootstraps, kid? (laughs) What? What now? That's That's a Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. Reference. Oh, okay. I don't. Uh, who who was the winner? Nobody wants to say. Uh, Charles. Charles. Charles, congratulations. <laughs> hmm. Good for you, Charles. Oh, Enjoy strap. that game. All right. So coming up uh, next, we have a chance for you guys to jump in. How about that? Uh, we've talked about a number of things. Uh, should Bob Huggins get the uh, old axe? Um, apparently, uh, using a walker to get away from a bank robbery is ill-advised. And, um, and how does one steal a bird successfully? Apparently this woman just stuck it in her purse and walked out. I don't know. We'll have to discuss this when we come back. Uh, in the app, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but my Mark, my 10 year old thinks you're the funniest person he's ever heard. I just really don't know what's wrong with him. Well, I who I don't tell me his name and I will give him a, a shout out on the air. I guess that's a compliment, right? Uh, ask your uh, I'm young at heart. Ask your son what they think of me and Lee. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do that when we come back. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hello, Mobile. This is Damian Craig, and I'm listening to Sports Station WNSP. Alright, 7.50. Uh, Nick did a little research at the break, and Apparently, you can buy your pet bird a harness and fly it. It's basically a leash for a bird, right? Yeah. It, it says it's actually encouraged because it helps something with their air sacs or something like Whoa, that. Whoa, hey now, what? And they'll live a, uh, a healthier life. So if you have a pet bird, you can go get them a harness, and you can take them outside and take them on a little fly. Now, unlike, say, when your dog gets off the leash, there's very little chance you'll ever see the bird again, correct? Yes. So it is a little bit of a calculated risk. Well, if a har- if it's a good quality harness. Yeah. Do you think a bird gets excited when you walk 
when you come up to the cage with the harness like it knows it's going for I a mean, fly? Maybe, I don't know. You can train a bird to talk, so I'm sure you can train them to get excited about going for a, a, a fly. A fly? That just a flight? Sounds, yeah. Uh, and... You know, and then what does that look like when you're doing it? Like, are you just kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just the leash is just kind of floating in the air, right? And like when you walk the dog, and Lee has some experience with walking the dog. The leash gets caught, maybe maybe the dog starts running a little bit, and you get caught up in the leash. Do you ever get caught up in the bird harness, or does he get caught in a tree and he won't come down? Do you just yank him down? Breaking new ground here. I did not know you could walk your bird. I mean, that's essentially what you can do. You can walk your bird. And people are saying, why? Great idea, guys. You guys should get a morning show mascot, get a bird, and film Nick flying it. Ooh. If anybody's got a pet bird and would be willing to bring it in, Nick can take it for a fly. So we're, we're brought this up because News of the Weird has reared its ugly head this morning. We had a couple of stories, including a story in which a woman tried to steal a bird from a local pet store here in Mobile. Apparently just tried to throw it in the purse and walk out. A, th a bird worth $1,000. That's a pretty expensive bird. So yeah, when you uh, when she walked out and she opened up her purse, did the bird fly away? I never heard the end of Not that. Not if she stole a harness with I, to go I'm with it. I'm pretty sure they got the bird back. Mark, you're a reporter. Why don't you double-check me on that? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll see what I can do. And you guys a, talk a amongst bird with a thousand dollars, like I, I'd be thinking that'd be a whole a whole macaw or something, right? I'm thinking if I'm spending a thousand bucks on a bird, that it should be able to have a conversation with me, or take itself out for a fly. Yeah, exactly, and come back and know where to come to. Um, yeah, the thief put the bird in her purse and just walked right out. I'm uh, I'm I'm reading from Fox Ten. Ah, it doesn't appear like they've uh, recovered the bird. Oh, no. Be on the lookout. Have you seen this man? She walked over here, opened the cage, took a bird out, and you can see her hugging the bird, or hugging the bird to her, and then you can see her putting it in her purse. Well, I guess that's off the video. They didn't see that live. Well, look, I mean... Maybe, maybe the maybe it was like a prison break situation, you know. The bird was ready to be freed. Thousand dollar bail. Couldn't couldn't post it. <laughs> Had to do things the old fashioned way. So this person stole the bird, but has no. Do you think she'll come back for like bird food, bird feed, <laughs> and a cage and a harness? Go to a different store. Is this more outlandish than the woman that tried to rob the bank in New Orleans? Yes. And was, was and, and had the walker, tried to get well, out with a walker? It is in the sense that if you're saying the bird is worth $1,000, you said the lady in the bank was only going for 500 Yeah, but it was 500 cash. I mean, I no offense to the bird. I'd rather 500 cash than a, than a bird worth $1,000. I can do more. I can do more. Yeah, because yeah, it's going to be, gonna be uh, hard to flip that bird because now it's <laughs> contraband. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so ridiculous. Uh, someone wanted maybe the lady in the walker had guns built into the walker and it wasn't her first time she tried to she tried to rob a bank in 2014 using and tried to the the getaway car was a bicycle i saw a video yesterday of a guy running from the police he turns the corner sees like three homeless guys sleeping on the side of the road 
and he like takes his jacket off and dives next to them and like starts sleeping. <laughs> and then when the cop cars drive by, he's like looking around, and the, the car just kept going. Nice, evade. That's See, how you the, do the, it. the way to do it is to go into the bank as like a young person, get your money, and then on the way out, you disguise yourself as an old woman with a walker. And then you sneak away. See, I just don't understand why. And, and maybe law enforcement can help me out there. When was the last time anybody successfully robbed a bank? I mean, you, you hear for a while there, there was almost like a bank robbery in Mobile like every other day or robbery attempt. It, it was years ago. I, I used to call Mobile like the bank robbery capital of the world. People were always ro trying to rob banks. And I can't remember ever a time where I saw – uh, a PIO for the police get on and said, we're looking for a suspect who got away with, you know, $3,000 cash. Like, it never happens. Why I do people try to rob banks? I think in, like, our new digital age of currency, the real way to try and rob someone is to get their card information. Yeah. And then just, like, buy some iPhones with it and sell it. That happened to me, unfortunately. You got your somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like, a couple months ago. Uh, maybe like six months ago, I had a $2,000 charge on my card that some guy in France <laughs> bought two iPhones and shipped them to Arizona. Oui, oui. Parlez-vous français? Yeah. In France? Yeah. That's where the the charge originated from. Lee, you ever get your uh, identity stolen? Yes. Really? You shut it down pretty quick. You're like, I am Iron Man. I am Shervanian. I'm trying to recall, though, the, the events. It's been a while. When you say identity stolen, you mean... Credit cards. I've had... Not like somebody put... Like on Mission Impossible, they put on like a Lee Shervanian mask and walked in here. That didn't happen. No, nothing like that. I've had wallets stolen with credit card in it, but you just call up and, and it was used. What'd they buy? Anything incriminating? I, didn't, bird maybe? I didn't get into that, um, but it was used, I know, but I had already called ahead. So, And then the guy was caught. I never knew what happened after Did that. Did you hit him with the full weight of the legal <laughs> process? I don't even recall. It's been so long. He was caught. I would have been front row in the courthouse and during I, his trial. I, think, <laughs> I, I don't even remember what Look happened at me! in the trial. But it was, you know, the, the, these things happen. Uh, I that's a shame. But the thing is, with in this day and age, when I mean, I have all these things to do. If your identity is stolen, you got to call this, you got to call that. It's yeah. just such a nuisance to do it. But uh, yeah, I don't even remember that. Uh, it, it, that's that was the last time that my car was broken into. Now, I, you know, I you out here on Dolphin and Don't Go Out There Street. No, this was up in Westmobile. So, and then I would have been like, boys, and then we, avenge me. We had the uh, that one. <laughs> we had that incident where I, I is this identity stolen when somebody creeps into the uh, they they take over your um, the thing that happened here with the station, you know, where they took my persona on Twitter. It wasn't was it Twitter or was it just on the internet? I don't remember now. No, I think I think somebody had a Twitter account that claimed to be you. That's right, yeah. yeah. And then I had to get Tim Camp involved. It took weeks to get that taken care of. Lee, what would what would you do if I started impersonating you online? If I made an account, you know, I got all the WNSP official stuff, and I was just like, "Hey guys, it's me, Lee." 
Well, first of all, I'd ask you, why would you be stupid enough to want to do that? Because there's a lot more exciting people I'm sure you could do that for. You're not going to get any benefit from it. Maybe Mark, you know, you'd perhaps get more of a reaction. I don't know why anybody would react to that. Uh, you're you're a celebrity. No, no, yeah, no, no. Hall no. of Famer. The thing that got me, though, that this impersonation, like, the stupid thing that the stuff that was coming out, most of it w- was pretty ridiculous. And I actually had people out in the street asking me if it was true. Speaking of impersonations, Mark, you do a pretty good Michael and Corey. I don't think I've ever heard you do a Lee Shervanian. I don't. I don't know if I have a Lee Shervanian. I'll let you know a little secret though. Back in the day when there was this guy on Twitter impersonating Lee. That was you. I, I followed <laughs> the account. It was hilarious. <laughs> was, it, was, it, was it you that did it? No. No, it was not. Well, the thing that really irritated me the most, we couldn't find out who it was because Privacy Act. But yet it's okay to dive into somebody else, but they wouldn't give us the information. Probably some guy in a basement in California. It's the price you pay for being a celebrity. This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. All right, here we are, 8.04. I'm Mark. That appears not to be a person impersonating Lee Shrevanian. That is indeed Lee Shrevanian over there, I think. Well, if it happens again, I know where to point the finger at since he uh, brought it up. Nick, we learned yeah. a lot this in the first couple hours. We talked about uh, birds being stolen from pet stores. A woman uh, robbed a bank uh, using a walker. Nick has an older brother. I mean, we're, we're just breaking all sorts of new ground. Your your identity was stolen, or tr- somebody attempted to. And now he's suggesting he may be the next one to try to do that. Yeah. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Hiding what, in plain sight, that's what he's doing. Where our society is going. Nick, you got your own identity. You stay with what you got. You're doing pretty well. You don't need me around. All right, let's talk some football. How about that? Auburn. We need you around, Lee. Justin Ferguson, he's on with us right now, the Auburn Observer. Justin, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are y'all? Doing well. Hey, you know, we talk so much, and we'll get to this maybe, the transfers, but I'm curious, how is Auburn doing actually recruiting for the year 2024? We All we're hearing now are the transfers coming in and so forth, but now that they've had some time and, and, you know, the coach is in place, do you have any clue as to how they're doing recruiting for next year? Yeah, they're they're they've got several you know pretty big recruits that they've got in the 2024 class. Uh, big one being Walker White, the uh, top you know top 10, top 15 quarterback from Arkansas, um, who has been committed for a few months now, and he's kind of been a key recruiter for them throughout this process. Um, you know, they've got a handful of you know blue chip guys already, and right now a big thing for them is they're lining up a lot of. You know, five stars and high four stars uh, to you know come in on official visits here uh, over the next several months. So um, you know, it, it's a solid start. I mean, not a ton of you know commitments at this point uh, from from that group, but um, you know they have gotten a lot of work done here over the last few months. Uh, getting more guys on campus. Um, you know, getting getting out there, kind of reaching out a lot more and and trying to. Uh, you know, make a bigger uh, impact in high school recruiting than what they've had over the last, you know, couple of seasons. So, 
um, it, it, it's a good it's a good start. Um, you know, I think over the summer and in the early fall, they're going to want to see you know some more commitments come in. Um, but they, they've got a, they've got a handful of guys that they really like already, and uh, they've had a lot of you know, like I said, five stars, high four star guys come to campus over here the last few months and trying to get them lined up. Uh, for big uh, official visits uh, as we get closer and closer to the season. So uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a good sign with what they're doing. But, yeah, right now the priority has kind of been really with the recruiting with the recruiting of the transfers just to get this 23, this 23 team set for the upcoming year. From a number standpoint, do you know how many more openings they have on the roster, how many more they can bring in? I know they just got an offensive lineman commit yesterday from Toledo. What, what does that leave open? Yeah, they got about three or four spots left right now as the way it looks, and that's that's banking on you know, hey, everybody who had a scholarship last year, um, you know, still has one or something like that because you know Auburn had a had a few walk-ons, uh, you know, get to get a scholarship, you know, late last year. So, um, you know, that's that's assuming uh, that all those guys are back with a with a with another deal. So, um, yeah, they've got about three or four somewhere around that kind of spots open. Uh, I think they would love another wide receiver, potentially another edge rusher, um, maybe a, maybe a box linebacker uh, as well. So. Um, you know, they, they've got some spots to, to fill in right now um, that, that they still have some room uh, to have. So I don't think they're they're worried too much about, you know, hitting that 85-man cap right now. Um, they can still, you know, address some of their needs without, you know, worrying about, you know, going over. All right. I'm sure most of our listeners don't follow Michigan State football that much. Maybe you can evaluate the uh, mm-hmm. acquisition of the new quarterback, Peyton Thorne to come in to compete for the job, the starting job. Do you know much about him? Do you think this is a, a good pickup? Yeah, it's a good pickup for Auburn because you got a guy who started the last two seasons at the Power Five level, and you know that's something that um, you know you you don't have uh, right now. Uh, you know, you had Robbie Ashford uh, who you know started both the last season for Auburn, but a guy in Thorne who you know, started every game for Michigan State these last two seasons. Two seasons ago, uh, when Michigan State went 11 and two, had a fantastic year. You know, set the uh, school record for passing touchdowns in a season. Uh, his his year that year, Michigan State. If you'd have taken those numbers and put them at Auburn, uh, he'd have been number two all time at Auburn in passing yards and passing touchdowns in a season. So he's got some good numbers to his name. Now, last year, Michigan State struggled, um, and the big reason there is they didn't have. Uh, Kenneth Walker III, who was the best running back in the country a couple of years ago, uh, back there, and they had to rebuild their offensive line. And so uh, with all that kind of newness, uh, he was unable to kind of rely on that, that balance that they had in 2021, and his numbers weren't as good. Um, so the big key for Auburn is this is a dude who um, you know plays well off of a really, really good running game. Uh, his numbers are, are fantastic uh, when uh, you know his team runs well. Um, and so I think the big thing for him is can Auburn with Jarquez Hunter and, and, and the backs they've got coming in this season and an offensive line that they've, they've continued to rebuild, um, can they have a good enough running game to kind of unlock what Peyton Thorne uh, is really good at, which is, you know, playing off play action, uh, throwing, throwing deep, especially on early downs, having that balance and just kind of being a tendency breaker. Um, so if he can do that, 
uh, and Auburn can do that, I think he can be a good pickup for them. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, there's just a lot of moving pieces. It's going to be a new offense. Uh, and, and, you know, he's going to have to, he's got to learn pretty quickly in order to, to, to win this job in the fall. But uh, I do think it is a really good pickup, especially if Auburn can kind of provide him the running game he didn't really have last season after Walker left Michigan State. Well, it may be way too early again, yo. But, you know, people are coming out. The writers are coming out with their preseason top 25. Where is this? Where is that? What what kind of expectation do you have for this Auburn football program today for next season? Yeah, I think yeah, I think Auburn, you know, I think the thing for them is they really just need to get back to and I think they're capable of doing this. I think they just need to get back to having a winning season. You know, they haven't had a winning season each of the last two seasons and that's that's really rare for a place like Auburn. And I think this team with what they've reloaded and all the newness that they have you know, this is a team that can win about seven or eight games this year if everything kind of clicks for them. Um, you know, but they've got they've got a schedule that is is pretty favorable outside of uh, you know conference play. Um, you know, you get Cal on the road, you get three you know paycheck games at home, where you should get be, be able to build it up. And then it's just how many games can you win in conference? You get Georgia and Alabama at home, which will definitely be just really tough games. Obviously, no matter where you play them, but. Um, you know the schedule. You get Vanderbilt this year. You got some. You got some uh, road games in conference that I think are winnable. You're playing some tougher ones at home. Um, so it's it's a team that I think, you know, if they can get to the end of the regular season this year and they're not, you know, they're not 500 or they're not at a losing record, I think that's that's a step in the right direction. I think this team's capable of that. Um, but you know, it's going to take a lot for them to be much, much better than that. There's just so much they've had to rebuild and reload, especially on the line of scrimmage, uh, that you know it's it's tough to expect this team to just you know, have a have a year like uh, uh, Malzahn had in 2013 or anything like that. I think you might be more in line with what Auburn had in 2009, where this was kind of just the tone setting year to get back to where you want to be with, with with a new offense and a new defense. Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. I'm not going to hold you to this. Once you said it, it it's, it's history. We don't replay it. Do you think Auburn this year beats either Alabama or Georgia at home, either or? You know, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, Alabama will be interesting because I'm just I'm very curious to see, you know, especially uh, with, they, with with their quarterback situation and, and their offense, some of the key players they've had to replace uh, from this past year. Um, but, you know, it, it's just going to be really, really tough. Um, you know, it's it, this Auburn team's got it. It's going to take years for them to kind of build up their roster to where they want it to be to compete with these guys, you know, with, with these you know juggernauts of the sport right now. Uh, it's good to have them both at home, and we know that Auburn, you know, even in down years, especially against Alabama, uh, they, they play, play well in Jordan here against uh, Alabama uh, when, when, they're, when they're home, but it's just good. It's, good. it's going to be really, really tough. I think this year is, is about, you know, um, trying to take a step forward to be more competitive with them, but yeah, it's it's going to be really tough, especially like I said, the line of scrimmage is where you know, Auburn's had to rebuild this past year, and, and that, that that's an area where um, you know Alabama and Georgia are just going to be really, really good because they always are year in and year out with the way they recruit and develop. All right, one final question: When spring meetings, if they go to the nine-game format, and Auburn mm-hmm. has three teams that they meet every year we we got to figure alabama's there and georgia which which school would be the third do you think yeah i mean it's interesting the 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 talk and the thought is like hey do you give auburn a 
a team like Vanderbilt or you get another team that, you know, because you play Alabama and Georgia every year, um, do you go as heavy with, with that third opponent? Uh, or do you go with tradition and, and uh, you know, play a Florida again or play, play an LSU or, or something like that? I think the best compromise, honestly, and I don't know if they'll do this because I think there's a lot of teams that – actually, there's several teams that make a lot of sense for this one as well. But I think the best compromise between, hey, let's not give Auburn a, a third team that's a juggernaut or, uh, you know, you give Auburn a team that, that, that uh, they haven't played a ton uh, would be Mississippi State. And I know Alabama is obviously very close with Mississippi State uh, geographically, and there's a miss game as well. But if you look at Auburn and Mississippi State, uh, these are two teams that are very similar, or schools that are very similar um, in, in their makeup. And also, Auburn's played Mississippi State more than anybody not named Georgia all time. So there is a history there uh, that you that you can kind of pull on without necessarily – uh, you know, giving Auburn a, a third team that's got, you know, national championship kind of uh, pedigree or something like that. So, um, but I do think, you know, it, it'll be very interesting to see uh, if Auburn ends up getting somebody who's like a Vanderbilt, maybe like Mississippi State, where, you know, you don't overlook them. State's won the last two years against Auburn, uh, but um, they would not necessarily be a team that's, you know, competing for a national championship when everything's going right. Uh, much like Alabama and Georgia. So it'll be very, very interesting to see what direction they go in. I think State would be a great compromise between the two lanes you could go. Hey, man, as always, we really do appreciate it, Justin. Can you tell folks how they can follow your coverage of all things Auburn? Yeah, AuburnObserver.com. Uh, Check it out there. It's $6 a month to $60 a year to get all of my newsletters and all of our podcasts uh, on Auburn football and men's basketball. We email everything to you about 6 a.m. Central most weekday mornings, so check it out there. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff on the site, and uh, everything new we put out comes straight in your inbox so you can read and listen on your own time. Hey, man, thank you for the time, man. We look forward to doing it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, coming up, uh, we'll talk to you guys. Orlando Alzagari at 830. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. The opening kickoff continues right here on the sports station, WNSP, and online at WNSP.com. Stay with us. Hey, this is Julian Zeus McClurkin with the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and my favorite station is WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. Here goes one more. Christian Walker, and that ball is way gone. Whew. Oh, boy, is he hot. <laughs> 824, welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. By the way, you mentioned Lonnie Walker. Did y'all even know who Lonnie Walker was? I mean, Nick does because he does his own, you know. I had not heard much about him. Uh, I really don't. To be honest with you, I've seen the name, but I haven't really studied it. I'm not even sure where he went to school. Do you know? I I was going to ask, Nick, are you familiar with Lonnie? I know you do Uh, the Double Dribble podcast. He was playing in San Antonio, was about to be out the league, and... Now he's been in L.A., and I did not approve of the signing because I didn't think he was any good. But, look, he had a moment when it counted. That's all that matters. You know, LeBron, he's able to bring that out of people. <laughs> yeah, just, we, ask, just ask Westbrook. People, listen, people. It's time let's, to let's listen all just like, to Nick. Let's take a second, and let's just recognize what LeBron is doing right now at his age. Dude's about to go to the conference finals. He might win. I don't know. But they're looking good. They're up 3-1 on Golden State. 
just LeBron's legacy, if if he's not in your top three NBA players of all time, then it's a guarantee that you don't know ball. Okay. Uh, by the way, he went to my University of Miami. All right. Uh, Lonnie Walker. I think a more interesting question is, and it, it was kind of a question that's been tossed around. Do you think that uh, LeBron will ever play with his son as there's been so much news about this? And now Bronny goes to Southern Cal. Um, I haven't really seen much about him. He's certainly not the stature of LeBron coming out of high school. Many, Hardly anybody is. But I hear he's a really good player and a good solid player, good team player. So let's say he, he spends one year at Southern Cal, if all goes well, would a team draft him? Maybe high first in the second just to get LeBron to come play with them. Now, LeBron's going to be about 40 about yes. that time or 40, 41. Is it worth – I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting conversation whether these two will ever, ever play again. And, and it takes a lot to get to happen because I don't know. If, I know LeBron, I think he's a free agent, right, Nick? Is he a free yes. agent after it's this year? It's all lined up perfectly to when Bronny is drafted, he can choose where he wants to go. Who, so LeBron? It's definitely going to happen. Where no LeBron would mind. go? Okay, but let's say a team like, um, all right, I'll give you an example. What if a team like Washington, the Wizards, took Bronny? I mean, and no chance to win a, anything. W would LeBron want to go play for them? No, but they would have a chance because now all of a sudden LeBron would come there, and where LeBron goes, good players follow. Well, it's easy said than done because with the cap and everything and getting players, and it's not as easy as it once was. And, you know, like I said, I only picked Washington. I was trying to think of a team that really doesn't even make it, you know, out of the lottery. I think Bronny's going to be drafted in, in the lottery even if maybe he is like a late first, early second round talent, because he's he's definitely got NBA potential. Not I'm not talking like star Hall of Fame, but I mean he's basically just a three and D guy. LeBron has crafted him in his image of what players he likes to play with, and well, so LeBron will make it happen. Yeah. he doubled down on it this past week. Wherever he goes. But he if he honestly, goes, I, he's not going to go in the lottery, from what I've heard. And you may be you right, get, may be if wrong. You're guaranteeing you're getting LeBron. But if you lead? get if you get him in the lottery, usually you're getting a team that's not very good. But what he's saying is, people, someone's going to take Bronny, knowing they're going to get LeBron. It's like a right. two for one deal. Right, they're going to. And to his point, when Team X gets Bronny and LeBron, free agents are going to want to go play with LeBron for their chance at one last ring, and you're going to completely transform an NBA franchise with one single pick. Yep. I don't know if it's exactly. that easy anymore, though, with the cap and everything. And but it is. You're telling me a team wouldn't trade away whatever bums they have that are making 10, 15, 20 mil so they can sign LeBron? It'll be like the Eric Musselman of the NBA. They'll, he'll just get rid of everybody on that franchise exactly. and just bring in a whole <laughs> exactly. new group. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> now, the question I have, though, is in order for that to work, though, would would Bronny have to come out after one year, or could yeah. he afford to stay for two? He'd have to come out that yeah, first year. Bronny come out after one year, yeah, and then he'll play with LeBron, and, and then that might be LeBron's last year. Maybe he'll give it one more if 
if the, if he feels competitive. And that's why he didn't go G League. He can't because he doesn't have that flexibility. He's got to go to college because he can do that one year. Well, and the, the NIL that you're get, that he's going to get at USC is going to be way more than what he would have got. I heard it's six million dollars. Is that all? No one watches the G League. Play. Six million dollars to go to Southern Cal. Man, that was he, what they were talking about yesterday. He was in that Fast and Furious commercial. Man, it's the brawny. money is pouring <laughs> yeah, that's in. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, uh, Orlando Alzagari's next. Stay with us. say those words but lee's gonna roll in here with his parachute pants on and his ray-bans and, and we're gonna get down to the 80s and we're gonna play nothing but 80s music for 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 lee but you know that is something that i can get down with i can get down with as long as you're happy with it well we got orlando uh it does not appear no the, the me is shaking my head and saying oh, no, no indicated no. that that was not the case and nothing changed in the so two the, seconds that so the big show down there in miami they got it going really good now the heat three games to one lead uh and then the florida panthers 3-0 lead on toronto who knows what's uh, going on with the uh, dolphins this year who knows maybe uh, if tua can stay healthy this could be quite a sports year for Miami, and of course, the Miami Hurricanes uh, certainly doing well in basketball, maybe not so much in football. Uh, so, a couple things. One, somebody suggested also, when you wear your parachute pants and the Ray-Bans, don't forget your members-only jacket. It's crucial in the, the what, 80s. Say, the what now? The members-only jacket. You Did you ever have a members-only jacket? No. <laughs> no. Uh, what is that? You mean to get into a club or something? <laughs> Are you talking about some nightclub or something? What are we talking no, about? No, it was the name of the jacket. It was called Members Only. Never heard of it. You never. How about you, uh, Nick? Have you ever heard of the Members Only jacket? No. I, see, I was thinking you were talking about like a maybe you turn in an, enough box tops or something and you got a jacket back. No, it uh, it was indeed a Members Only jacket. I'll have to school you all in the world in the ways of the '80s. Anyway, yeah, that so was your prime, right? Uh, it might have been a, just a hair before my prime, but I I can appreciate the era as one of the, the listen people. You know, it was the greatest <laughs> decade we, of all time. We, I we, guarantee we always, it, people. We always talk about like NBA and NFL players like being in their prime or past their prime. Yeah. When do you think y'all's uh, prime was? What was your prime, Shervanian? I haven't hit it yet. I'm getting close though. <laughs> wow. Doesn't doesn't say doesn't say much about your twenties, thirties, and forties. <laughs> probably not. All untapped potential. My prime was probably late twenties, maybe up into the. Are we talking just overall or athletically? Like, what are we talking about? Just your here? life. My life. Oh well, I'm probably in my prime right now. Over you the think last you're in your prime? Years. Probably. Sure. You're prime good. time, aren't you? Yeah. Why? What would be your prime when you were? Well, we've already established fifth grade yeah. kickball. <laughs> yeah. It was. It's all. It's been downhill from there. When you gave right. Mr. See, I'm having like a Le the a longevity of LeBron. 
You know, the, my prime is very extended. Yeah. Okay, see, somebody put the members-only jacket in. It was uh, Steve from Stranger Things. It's a great take. Uh, nice me, work. Right there in the app, WNSP.com. By the way, and the other point that we didn't get a chance to make because we were running out of time on that whole LeBron and Bronny going to some team together, and why would a team take them? And in the app, you're absolutely right. Dude, the marketing side of that bonanza it, in and of itself would be worth it, regardless of what the win-loss record is. Ticket sales would go through the roof. Merchandise would go through the roof. Um, absolutely. I mean, get, how how hot a ticket is USC at Auburn next year? You know, give you an idea of what Bronny's power will be. Yeah, you know, what's interesting, too, is that the Pac-12 doesn't even have a contract in place yet. And they were kidding around on this one talk show that, well, uh, maybe they can get a contract now just to do Southern Cal basketball. Yes. But they don't have in place yet a, a, a huge contract like the SEC does and the Big Ten. And, and that's left so many questions open as to, you know, the future of the Pac-12. And especially when Southern Cal and UCLA leave the league. Now, the interesting thing about this uh, recruiting at Southern Cal, he's not even the best player they brought in. They've got a guard who's really considered to be one of the best. And he's he's a member of the recruiting class and a good member. I'm not saying he isn't. He's a good player, but not the key to the uh, Southern Cal recruiting class. And then, of course, I mentioned they're talking in terms of, uh, for Bronny, $6 million in NIL money, which is incredible, which is probably more than he would have made if he went into, as you said, the G League or wherever. Yeah, but the, the thing that separates people like Bronny from the rest of us regular folk is all that money, none of that ma means anything to him. Like, he's he, he can't appreciate what that type of hey, money. Hey, hey, you don't know. LeBron, listen, people. If, if LeBron's one thing, he's a great basketball player. But more than that, he's a great father. <laughs> Dude planned this out perfectly. Perfectly. You couldn't plan it out better. What's that got to do with whether or not Bronny can appreciate $6 million? Because I know. I know. Oh, you know. I don't, <laughs> but you do. I know that LeBron has instilled in him his upbringing and how to value things that he's earned. Yep. How do you know? That's why Bronny's a good kid. How man. do you know, yeah. Nick? Have you ever talked to him? Have you ever talked to either of the family? Talked no, to anybody who knows him? Get him, Lee. Get him, Lee. No, I'm, I'm just trying to be, you know. Punch I, holes I, in that argument. Well, I mean, just to come out and make statements like that, is he? I, I'm not saying he isn't, but how do you know all the things you're saying? Have you read books about it? Yeah. You, Nick? Just to... Stuff I've read like uh, various out of the articles air. and listened to uh, various uh, talking heads, and based off all the information that I've seen, I've compiled that into believing that LeBron is a great It's like father. when I go home and I'm told, well, everybody is saying this, you know, like you should be eating. This. I'm like, who's everybody? Who's, who's saying stuff like this? Well, where are you getting information yeah. like this? He also has another son, right? A younger son? Bryce. Supposed to be... Spoil a little brat, that Bryce. One thing about Bronny, by, I, I wonder if this has anything to do with it. By staying at Southern Cal, he can still go see his dad play for the Lakers. If indeed, if indeed LeBron, he's going to sign with the Lakers. Is that the, the, the what, what's Le going to happen? LeBron will stay in L.A. until Bronny's able to be drafted. Then LeBron will go wherever Bronny goes. That's it's amazing. It's the, the greatest father story in the sports son. history. The father. We were talking about this yesterday. F sons... And 
it would be very difficult for Bronny to have a career like LeBron, but there have been instances, Mark, more so in baseball, where the f the son did better than the father, like the Bonds. Barry had a much better career than his dad. Ken, Ken Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. Let's had do a, it. Had an, a better career. I don't know if we've ever seen – have we ever seen um, in basketball a father-son? I can't Clay recall. Thompson? Yeah, had a better career than no. Michael. You're right, Mark. Had a better career I know than I'm Michael. Right. L. Curry, Steph Curry. That's right. Steph had a better career than Dell. Mm -hmm. I mean, LeBron, Delonte West. <laughs> but but have we ever seen a father-son act playing together? No, it'll be the first of its kind. And it'll be amazing. Look, I'm with you on LeBron. I think at his age that he's still playing a basketball. It's, I mean, he's still a, a super player out there. I agree with you. And, you know, this Laker team, which has been very so-so to begin the year, but then they made a couple of moves and having Anthony Davis back in there and LeBron. Now, game five, I think, is tomorrow night. I'd almost give the edge to Golden State, but I don't know if they could beat the Lakers you know, three straight now, the way things are going, especially if the Lakers get game six at home. They're, the bench coming off the bench, they're getting bench play. Uh, and then I guess they would play, well, they'd either play Denver or Phoenix, you know, obviously in the next round. And then, of course, go, going to the championship. If, uh, what does LeBron have, five? Five rings or four? He has had three with Miami, one with Cleveland. Yeah, he had two in Miami. And one with the Lakers, so he's got five. One with Cleveland, one with L.A., yeah. So if he gets to six, that puts him in Michael Jordan territory. He's already in Michael Jordan's territory, but uh, but no, in the in the term of counting rings, then yes, he would be there. Still still falling behind Robert Ory, though. Right. We're all, everyone's behind uh, uh, Bill Russell, though, right? Who's yeah, that's a, that's a little out of – that's not going to happen. I'll guarantee that. That, that <laughs> nobody's catching Bill Russell. Yeah, you're probably right. But look, I we should have all known that Golden State didn't have a shot in this series. LeBron is conscious of his legacy, and he was not going to allow Steph Curry to beat him again. Steph Curry can only beat LeBron when he has way, way more help and a way better roster. This time, the rosters were almost even. I just knew for a fact LeBron was not going to allow that to happen. Well, or, and LeBron that's wasn't going to let it best. happen or Jordan Poole wasn't going to let it happen? I don't know. It's one thing, you know, like he still needs he still needs to be complimented by other players. He needs a healthy Davis. He's getting good, good play from um, uh, the guy that comes off the bench and shoots the threes, Harkamurga, whatever his name is, right? And then they got a, they got a, don't they have a, or do I have my teams mixed up? Do they have a player named Vanderbilt on the team? Like a defensive player that starts? Or am I thinking of a different team? Yeah, uh, Jared Vanderbilt. Right. You know, they have a, they have players that are contributing that are not, let's say, household names. Like we mentioned, Lonnie Walker. I hadn't heard Lonnie Walker's name all year. And why should I? He hardly had any points until yesterday, and the guy comes off the bench and scores 15 to help him uh, beat the Golden State Warriors. That's just 
LeBron brings it out of people. He brings out the greatness that lies within them that they don't even recognize. If LeBron was here, man, the show would just take off because just being in his presence would elevate all of us. I I think um, you really got a crush on the guy, don't you? Someone in the app said, uh, no, he's taken. Uh, Where was it? There was one that was the funniest that I cannot repeat, but the other (laughs) one was uh, actually I could, but I won't. Someone said Nick has the same bromance with LeBron that Mark has with Cam. With Cam Newton? You yeah. and Cam? Yeah. I hadn't heard that Yeah, before. I don't know if that's true. No, I, as I responded, no, Nick and LeBron are on a whole nother level. <laughs> I have – I have. there's a deep level of commitment there from, from Nick that I don't have for Cam. I've always said, and I continue to be on record, say that Cam Newton uh, had the greatest college football year – in the history of college football. I, I think he is one of the best college football players to ever play the game. That's where my love of Cam stops. Nick, if they made a LeBron cereal, dude would be buying it by the box daily. All right. Is your, is like your, there's a reason that Nick at, at your house, apartment, wherever you are, are you have like, posters of lebron all around the walls no. i mean when you walk in is it a trip a, a shrine to no. lebron no i uh i i don't dedicate physical things what if, to my what if worship knocked, of the king what if you ran into him i say you walked up to him or he walked what would be the first thing you asked him oh man Let's what just say would be he, the one question I would ask. Yeah, LeBron. Would, like let's just say you you were Space Jam Two, Space Jam Two. You were in a, re- a restaurant or something, and you saw him, and you just oh, I just had to go. I have this urge. If, you if know. I saw LeBron at a restaurant, I don't think I would approach him. Well, just fuck, anywhere. Fuck, no, no, fuck. just anywhere. Just you, yeah, you yeah. had a chance. You're sitting on a park bench somewhere, and he happens to be sitting there with you. What would you ask him? Is life mm. like a box? I don't know. I don't know what I'd ask him. It, it would have to be. The floor is would yours. Would you be? Yeah. No, I, I, I. Would you you're be? Idol. I can't. Would you be so intimidated that you just couldn't get the if words out? I could out? just touch the hem of his garment. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> then that might be enough. <laughs> well, what would you do that would constitute not getting arrested or punched? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Like, oh, this is such a. This is a tough question. Maybe you could bring it up on your podcast. I think I it'd would be just, a, it'd be an hour of uh, uh No, I don't uh, think I would ask LeBron anything. I, I would just tell him something. I would say, LeBron, Mr. James. You're the best, man. You're the king. On the court and off. Tell him something he doesn't know. I can't tell him anything he doesn't know other than like, hey, my name's Nick Wiggins. I live at <laughs> blank blank blank. <laughs> Like, I'm Nick Wiggins. I've worshipped you from afar. You're my idol. I don't even put I don't Michael Jordan. Out. I don't even put Michael Jordan in the same breath I gotta with you. I got to come off, like, kind of cool, you know? I got to, like, play the you game for LeBron wants my approval, but that'll yeah. be hard to do. Mm-hmm. Would you ask him for an autograph or just take a selfie? What would you do? You'd get that selfie. What would be, be more important to you? The autograph would probably be worth more down the road, but the selfie you could go around flashing. A selfie, yeah. If I took, a, if I had a picture of me and LeBron together, that would be like my profile picture for the rest of my yeah. life. Yeah. So I guess maybe a, uh, that would be. I good. know we talk about that. I just don't understand the value of an autograph. 
I just don't see why people pay money. Yeah, if I don't, he, one I don't, thing, if he if he signed, I don't know, like a basketball that was used in a game, or you know, some Space Jam memorabilia, or a jersey, but. To have this random piece of paper with somebody's scribble on it, I just don't understand why people pay yeah, good money for I'm that. I'm with you on that. What I about just, just getting it. it at the game without having to pay? No, I just don't understand. I, I just don't get it. I just don't understand why that holds any value at all to anybody. I just feel like I could, if I look at a signature long enough, I can probably get really close to perfectly copying that. And so then you're this just is, like this is the first step in taking over Shervanian's uh, identity again. And then it's just like is the moment that they signed the item is that what you remember when you see that signature? I don't know. I, I think feel like so. if you take a picture with somebody, it's like, "Oh, look, there's yes. both of us together." Yep. I think it goes to the whole thing about celebrity status anyway, like you brought up last week sitting next to Jessica I I don't now I will say this I've changed my views when I was young and I was like eight nine ten going to a ball game I just thought it was kind of like uh, and I'd go after an autograph or two if I could it just gave me something to do and hey I got this autograph but once I got home got rid of it <laughs> so like right and in back and in I your wanted day, I wanted they, a baseball in you know, a game but I never got if one if they if they had cell phones back in your day at old yeah. Yankee Stadium when you're chasing down Mickey Mantle or whoever oh they ignored us uh, or Yogi Berra or you know whatever Babe Ruth Whitey Wh- Ford whatever. it was Whitey Ford that delivered the message to me yeah um if you could if you had your chance of a self selfie or an autograph you would have gotten this you would have gotten the selfie Probably. I just – I can't put my – that's such a different era. I just remember Whitey Ford coming over to us and saying, uh, sorry, I can't give you my autograph. The uh, owners frown on it here at Yankee Stadium. Let's take a phone call. We don't take – we don't we don't frown on that. Go ahead, caller. Welcome to WNSP. Hey, guys. Uh, on this subject matter, uh, I don't know that he would ever part with them, but the uh, – young man that was the survivor of the shooting in Michigan that James Harden had courtside the other night and actually took off his shoes and autographed him for him. What do you speculate those would be worth down the road? Um, Priceless? Uh, well, I mean, that. it was certainly, certainly a nice gesture on his part. I looked last night. Uh, I think he and Durant and uh, LeBron are the only three active players that are in the top 15 in uh, all-time scoring. And so, I mean, obviously, they're, they're just going to move up. So I would think the value would increase. But, of course, I think the sentimental thing for that young man is, sure. hey, that was a special moment, and I'm not getting rid of him anyway. But, uh, you know, fortunes change. Who knows? But I thought very, very nice uh, – don't ever really hear, hear anybody talk about Harden anyway, but right. uh, that was certainly a good PR move. So no doubt, and it helped that he went out right. and gets the game-winning basket to go with 42 points. That even amplified the story. Yeah, Thank I you, think Chuck. if that kid were to try and sell those shoes, that would there, there would be a lot of negative public backlash on that. I think that's more of a sentimental keepsake. I agree. I mean, the only one that wouldn't be giving him the backlash that might be the guy, you know, buying the shoes from him. Do you separate the pair, though? You in- want a left or a right? In- in- yeah, instead of, <laughs> instead of left or the right. Instead, instead of selling the two of them, 
for like a thousand bucks. I'll give you one for seven fifty. Yeah, there you go. Well, it's definitely worth more than that. Whatever, I just throw a number out um, there. I don't know. I think you need you want the pair, right? And for an extra fifty bucks, I'll throw in the laces that came with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's gonna get another pair because James Harden's got him coming out to um every playoff game from here on out. So what we got this series and the conference finals and then the finals. So, so would you he's got a lot more shoes. Would you rather from a player, an NBA player, would you rather the shoes or the jersey? From the guy, jersey. I think I would too. Yeah, you, I think the you can display the jersey me. better. The shoes aren't going to fit me. And who? They come to your house. Let's say somebody says, "These shoes, you probably maybe they think they you bought them at a store or something like that." You there's no unless you have a big note there. These are shoes from James Harden. Jersey's pretty a big note. Visible, dear visitors, <laughs> welcome these to my are, home. Yeah, these, these are, are indeed James from, Harden's. Okay, sincerely. All late. right, all right, authenticate that for me, please. Yes, if, if I were to get a pair of LeBron shoes, I'd, I'd start building a shrine. You wouldn't just put them up in the studio right there with all those jerseys? Oh, no way, put them in here. Heck no, they'd walk. Nah, man, those things would be placed right up, uh. Right above my fireplace. I'd get a fireplace, and then I'd put him <laughs> above it. <laughs> You'd build a mantle. <laughs> All right, uh, 8.52, one final segment here left. Uh, we'll uh, close up shop when we come back right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hey, this is Buckus Blakes from the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters, and you're listening to WNSP in Mobile. Give you two names. And you tell me about how you felt that place. It's, it's definitely Lonnie Walker. I, I see you engaged with him. Yes, what, what did you say to him, and what did you think about his performance? It's not even about tonight. I've been telling him, I said, Lonnie, stay ready. We're going to need you at some point. And for him to be as young as he is, for him to have that, that professionalism, come out, stay ready when his number is called, we don't win this game without Lonnie Walker tonight. That's for sure. All right, 8.56. Got a short segment here. You guys can jump in. That's obviously LeBron James. And I'm Mark Heim. That's Lee Trevanian. It's the opening kickoff. Hey, I uh, want to remind you guys, if you're getting closing in on that retirement date, if you're within a year, maybe you're over 65, you really need to be start. You need to start thinking about Medicare uh, and what Medicare can do for you. A lot of questions, a lot of information out there. You need to talk to Aiden Marks of Medicare Insurance Advisors. There's no fee for a service. He's not selling you Medicare. He's simply there to get you through the process. Medicare Insurance Advisors was founded back in 2012. Their focus is being a community resource for the senior market. They want to be different than any other agency in the senior market by providing a custom experience for you and your community. The process is centered around providing education and long-term support, not just a one-time enrollment deal for Medicare. Aid Marks is that guy. Uh, he works with multiple carriers, helped hundreds of people just like you in both Mobile and Baldwin County. So maybe you're confused. Uh, maybe your situation is going to be unique. Maybe you still have health insurance through your, your company that you work for. Maybe you have VA benefits. There are a number of issues that you could be dealing with. He can help with that. Give him a call. 463-0031. That's 463-0031. Or go see him on Highway 98 across from Terry Thompson Chevrolet in Daphne. Aiden Marks. Medicare Insurance Advisors. 
All right, Mr. Trevaney, we've got a minute or so left. What you got cooking for tomorrow? Going to talk with uh, Richie Riley, do some NBA talk with him. Also, Orlando Magic assistant coach Dale Osborne, who has been a very, very good guest. He's going to join us. Uh, the voice of Alabama baseball, Chris Stewart. What? How about that? And All right. We'll also hear from the LeBron James head of the fan club. Nick? Yeah. Wow, he's giving you a platform to speak, Nick. Thanks. I appreciate it. I will always preach the gospel of LeBron whenever I get the opportunity to. Mm. Okay. I mean, did we not just hear in that clip how he was empowering the youth of America to rise up and reach their potential? I'll have to read you my favorite uh, message in the app. I can't I do it. Saw it. Uh, it's perfect. And I'm neither going to confirm nor deny those we should, make, we should make t-shirts of you hanging on LeBron's, you know. All right. Back tomorrow at 6. See ya.